guys, welcome to Cleveland Moto Podcast number 398. Light them up, boys. So, we have got a full group. Yeah, a fucking crackle cast. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's a crackle nobody, cast. Yeah, no? Nobody likes that crackle oh, okay. cast. Yeah, fine. So, we have got eight, eight men standing. Um, this is the only podcast that is ever larger than Cleveland Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that is 97 dignitaries. And, and from it, Well, that looks like something, you know, the from G20? the 1890s. Yeah. <laughs> G20 at 300. The G20 got 300 zero DSRX motorcycles. What? For the G20? No, the cop. The cop. I'm sorry. Not the G20. The cop. The cop. Uh, I'm going to throw it up on the screen so you all can appreciate it. Um, How many hojillions of dollars transpired so that you know, they're in uh, Indonesian police colors, which I think are beautiful. The Indonesian police colors are kind of uh, yeah, quite cool. a white bike with green, yellow, and checkerboard livery. It looks badass. Yeah. I mean, it really does look cool. I've seen cool that in a bike. James Bond movie. It looks neat, yeah. They had, right? had electric yeah. motorcycles to make offset all the private jets. Oh, the private jets in. flying people in. <laughs> we're here to work about, we're here to work with the government. Look at this picture, guys. Wow. And if you want to know why Woodmere Police Department doesn't have their zero DSR police bike yet, it's because of that picture right there. Because 100% of zero's manufacturing firepower has been going to satisfy a very late order for an event that they couldn't push back. Like zero couldn't be like, could you put the event back a few days? We're going to, we just got to maybe run 73 more shifts. Yeah, but that's why I haven't been able to get any fucking zero electric motorcycles. We have to protect all the people that are fucking you in the world. That could also be true, too, right? <laughs> that is absolutely true. So it's uh, pretty pretty rad, that many bikes. Uh, they said that the... they I like that they said that it has an MSRP of $20,495. Not if it's a police bike. If it's a police bike, you can just add a few thousand to that. Because the police bikes get everything. Cops like to have shit on their motorcycles. And on their utility belts. And their utility belts. And in their police cars. Meckle Fresh, you used to do lighting and sound and all that stuff in law enforcement vehicles. Oh, yeah. How much weight do you think it's added to a police car? Oh, at least, I mean, like a few hundred pounds, if not more. And a I motorcycle, mean, just, too. On, on a motorcycle... Yeah, you could get up to almost 100 pounds. Yeah, I, I feel like my Harley, my police bike's got 100 pounds of extra shit on it. There's a term for that, but it's, it's gear Camaro. <laughs> <laughs> you can, where? Those are for Camaro, for Camaro for gear. Right. Yeah, I, I get it. So that's that's a real oh, but like, thing. And then every, you know, every copper's got to be like, will you do me the foot PT button where I can have... I can just hit the button on the floor and talk into my sun visor, and can you, you know, put the like, buzzer I've got a letter from the chief because you know I'm a suck up, and sure we'll do that. Yeah. Yes, and, what and, about and the seat buzzer, <laughs> the seat There's vibrator. Seat There's all kinds of different little things, and then like the 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 canine tell, officers have automatic door poppers and stuff like. Well, that. Well, tell me more about the seat buzzer. I don't know about the seat buzzer. Maybe, Steve would like there'd be a seat buzzer. I thought that maybe there was something special going on in the in, in the Cleveland Police Department regarding that. No, so there's no seat buzzer. No seat buzzer. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to tell one story, and then I'll throw it out to the group. But I, I really did feel like this one, well, 
this one had to be told as a story because not many people know what it's like to work at a motorcycle shop. Sometimes you, sometimes you eat the bar, sometimes the bar eats you. I lost a massive deal. I mean, $20,000 deal. I, I blew it. I fucked up. I fucked up and I lost a monster. I mean, truly epic. And so it was, the reel was singing. It was taken out line. Yeah. And it got off. Yeah. Yeah, it really, it really Doink. did. And I got to say, man, I, I've, I've had good days. I've had bad days. This one in particular was kind of epic. Was it on Chris's I'd like you to feast? describe this in the most minute detail possible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, right? Uh, Welcome back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tell us, tell us awake all tonight. about it. Well, you guys, you guys remember maybe two weeks ago, maybe not even two weeks ago, when the fella... You were talking about you had a big thing going on. I had a big thing be- going on, man. I was pretty excited about it. It looked like it was going to be an awesome thing. This guy was going to trade in a 2008 Sportster, 1200, with S&S kit top end and, and chip, Vance and Hines chipped, progressive suspension, all kinds of fancy, fancy crap. Like really, really cool shit, right? And... Uh, and he was going to bring that in and I talked to him over the phone. He described the bike in great detail, about 11,700 miles on it, but he was also going to bring in a 2016 or 17 BMW, um, R nine T scrambler. Okay. But but it sounded a little bit. And then in the 11th hour, he decided he wasn't going to bring in the R nine T scrambler. He was instead going to bring in a 30th anniversary edition, BMW GS 1200, which is about 10 years older than the BMW R9T and also is known to be a little bit of a hard bike to own once it gets past a certain age regarding its uh, ABS braking system, that if you haven't really been good and kept the fluids changed regularly, the ABS system will in fact join the other side. The fluids? Yeah, exactly. Right. You can't mix fluids or streams. No, not great. So yesterday he showed up with the first part of the deal. He was going to bring the Harley in. He's going to bring the Harley in. And uh, okay. So he showed up in my parking lot. And anybody who's been here knows my parking lot is about seven cars wide, maybe eight cars wide on a nice day when I don't have four or five JDMs parked out there taking up three of the spaces. So he pulled straight in with a big truck and uh, one of them uh, snowmobile trailers that's really wide. And it holds two full-size snowmobiles in there. But he didn't pull in and, like, get himself set up so he could get out. He just pulled kind of diagonal, taking up my whole lot. And I hear the knock at the door, and I've never talked to this guy in person, just on the phone. I go, how am I supposed to get my trailer out of here? <laughs> Why'd you put your trailer in here in yeah, the first right. place? Mm-hmm. It, it would have scoped it out first. Yeah. Interesting opener. Mm. An interesting opener to our relationship how am I supposed to get my trailer out of here? Well, you can unload the bike, unhook the trailer. We'll turn it around. You turn your car around. We'll, we'll get it out of here. You Don't worry about said, it. I've had my other lot cleaned right That's now. What so a, that's what anybody who wanted to give world-class customer service would have said. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or you know what, John? Let me drive it. 
and I'll back it out. Sure. It indicates him whether reverse uh, gear insurance company is. says no. <laughs> I have backed out so many trailers out of this parking lot from people who've showed up with a U-Haul or they rented too much trailer and no. they've never had a trailer behind their vehicle before and they whip in here Jeez. and I'm like, you know. So you didn't leave yourself it out. No. No, you paint Hold yourself the into a fucking of the corner, wheel, right? and whatever way you turn it no. is the way the ass of the trailer goes. Look, that's a <laughs> life. There's no simple rule that tells yeah. you how to. And you know what? That's Steve. That's a life lesson, and we have about two minutes, right? So <laughs> that takes a long time to learn that. Okay. Anyway, so he starts the relationship with that. The second thing is we open up the back of the thing, and as soon as I look in at this motorcycle, this 2008 Sportster, upright still. It was. And oh, it had a, a lot good, of straps a on it. It had all the straps on it. Well done. It was upright. But I looked at it and I was like, ooh, bad sign. The back tire was well over 10 years old. It wasn't showing cords, but it was wooden colored. You know, like, you know how rubber looks when all the oils leach out of it? Yeah. And it's no longer black. It's like a gray color and shiny. And so there was a little bit of tread left, but it was mostly the shiny thing that concerned me. But that tread would have lasted you a hundred thousand. That miles. was <laughs> that, that was the that was the equivalent of cobalt, right? I mean, on the Rockwell hardness scale, yeah. that tire is going to last forever. It's called age vulcanization. Die hard. That is it. So, man, you know, it wasn't a great launch. And then I helped him. He's you know he's not. Super young fit guy, right? So I help him unload it. He's no cinch. No, no. So I help him unload it. We get it backed out. Get it backed out. I'm looking over it and I'm already like, Ugh. now anybody who's been in this building knows that we have a 2008 Sportster over there in our lineup. Oh yeah. It's got 18,600 miles on it. So a full 7,000 more miles than this guy's bike's got on it. And you could eat off of any surface of that bike. It is truly old man Harley Davidson owned. It's miraculous. Unfortunately, it's also an XL883C, which means it might as well be herpes. So <laughs> it, it, it's beautiful, but do you really want to have it around for all the rest so of your life? what's the C designation actually? Big mean? wheel. So that means it's got the, the custom, which means it's got the oh. big 21-inch pizza cutter up front. Oh, okay. Which is, by the way, useless for uh, braking or turning. With that small of a bike, yeah. I've had those. Right. I've had those skip out from under me more than once on yeah, rapid acceleration or you know just normal acceleration. Yeah, and it's even better when it's got a Springer front end. When you have a, when you have that wheel, you have the twenty one inch and a Springer. Yeah. That shit is like a bag of wet cats. You are never getting that bike back. You're just along for the ride. And honestly, you're not driving too fast anyway. So all right, I don't normally do this. I'm going to read you guys the entire email. Uh oh. Okay. Wait, so that, like a after flamer? he left that day? You guys like hate mail, right? I yeah, love fuck, hate mail. Fuck yeah. So this is after after you guys had the little discussion. He well, he did try to bait and switch you a little bit. Oh, oh, a lot a, of a it. little bit? Right. Remember that I had offered him over the phone forty five hundred dollars trade in value for this motorcycle. Mm -hmm. So he described it as a beautiful one of kind customer. Right, whatever, right? It's fine. Cool. We're getting to that. Like chrome is all chromey. Right? That's what he said. Hang in there, buddy. Oh okay. no. What a horrible day, Phil. When I arrived, you were aggressive, abrasive, and combative. Well, that sounds like you. Yeah. <laughs> it's the right man anyway. Check, yeah. check, and check. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's, that's Michael Fresh. That's not you. <laughs> that was before we unloaded the bike. Your assessment was extreme, as all Harleys weep a bit of oil after 10 years. Uh, <laughs> not if they're... <laughs> It's uh, kind of like anal leakage. <laughs> <laughs> Seepage. Hold on. 
You continued to argue every step of the encounter, even though I kept saying to you, I'm not arguing. I drove to Akron to pick up my old trailer from a friend, then to Jamestown, New York, back to your shop, then now back to Jamestown, then back to Akron to drop off the trailer. That is 12 hours of driving. You know what I say to my kids when they give me some long excuse like that? Boo hoo. (laughs) (laughs) My last experience at this dealership was fun and pleasant, but probably eight years ago. Maybe I'm getting my handy. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe my encounter. That's what it takes to close the deal. (laughs) ABC. Wouldn't be the first time. (laughs) Maybe my encounter was with a business partner. But if it was you. How do you think I got my job? (laughs) (laughs) Both of them. Maybe my encounter was with a business partner. Sloppy Johnny. (laughs) I'm just going to stop reading. Yeah, Yeah, right. This is not Mystery Science Theater 3000. It's not a comedy show, dude. (laughs) That's his fault. Sorry. No. Quiet. That was your fault. Okay. All right. All right. right. Maybe my encounter was with a business partner. But if it was you, well, you are a mess now. I know I am a nice person and treat people fairly and with respect. There was no cause to be so harmful today. Harmful? That's a weird word to use, though, isn't it? It gets better. Let him read. Let's just let him read. As for my motorcycle knowledge and mechanical skill, there is no doubt you are not superior. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) I have spent time with Arlen Ness, Freddie Spencer... Willie G, and my dad was a consultant for Harley in the 70s. I managed a Harley shop and could go on, but that's enough explaining. I am sorry we could not have continued with the purchase. Money was not the issue. It was the way you treated me. Hugh. Comment, if you will. So just by being next to somebody, you get this knowledge by osmosis? (laughs) Ewan McGregor grabbed my ass. Where's my fucking Emmy? Where's my Grammy? Where's my Oscar? Right? You kind of went around the world then. Exactly. Right? Uh, I would presume, Phil, that you closed the door as a gentleman was expertly reversing his trailer house onto Lorraine Road and uh, walked back into the shop whistling the theme tune to The Great Escape because it sounds to me like you got off one there. I may have dodged a fucking $20,000 headache. I think so. Because this gentleman who took the time to stew on this for 13 hours... On this Mr. <laughs> Toad's Wild Ride. And, drive back. and I'm sure this Mr. is not Toad's Wild Ride. Yeah, and I'm sure this is not edit one of this email. Oh, yeah. <laughs> honestly, I mean, honestly, I mean, if you've got if you're toting around, you've already got the bike loaded in a trailer. You're asking forty five hundred for it. Just stop stop at some place. Put it right up on marketplace and maybe you can drop it off somewhere and not even have to take it all the way back to where you had it, you know, like make a deal. So, so what did I you tried to make a deal, John. Do you think I let him go without trying to make a deal? That's okay. what I was going to say. What was so your deal? What were you had? Now I'm going to hold you to this. You offered him forty five hundred over the phone. I did. So technically, he should have showed up, not opened the trailer, right? Said, "Where's my forty five hundred dollars?" Damn straight. True. Damn straight. So, what deal did you offer him after he opened the trailer? Let me read my response. Okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> here we go. The retort. <laughs> the plot thickens. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the clap <Hugh>, thickens. <laughs> please forgive my direct nature. I do not sugarcoat things for people as they will usually hear only what they want to hear. I was never combative with you. I was direct. I never argued with you. I'm not attacking you. I'm telling you exactly what I'm seeing. 
That's my exact quote to you. After you told me your tires that were stamped 2000 or 2011 were replaced only five years ago. <laughs> I don't have to argue. It's printed on the side of the fucking tire, man. Okay. You promised one thing and delivered another. I was expecting an entirely different motorcycle. I agreed to give you a $4,500 trade-in value on your motorcycle based on your description on the phone. As you know, it pays to be careful when taking a bike in on trade. Any problems a bike has now will be my problems in the future. When you have someone who has overvalued their machine, it is important to be 100% clear and to the point. This is not the time for kid gloves or ambiguity. I was expecting a bike that was described as excellent condition and a one-of-a-kind beautiful custom. I brought you into my shop and showed you a 2008 that was both of those things. The bike you brought me was not in excellent condition. Using the standardized scale established by the NVAA, one to five, your bike is a solid two, maybe a three. Ouch. Well, no, N- I'm just NVAA, saying ouch to him. Yeah, I NVAA mean. grade two shows signs of excessive wear and tear. The gas tank was scratched to hell, everything else. Mm-hmm. Paint and body, dents, scratches, body panels that may require replacement. Parts might be broken or missing. Might have multiple prior repairs performed at substandard levels. May have repaired or unrepaired collision damage. Frame, unibody, may have repaired or unrepaired frame structure damage. May not measure to publish specifications. Mechanical, may have mechanical damage that prohibits vehicle from operating properly. Engine and or transmission may be in poor condition. Operability of accessories is questionable. Tires may be worn or mismatched. It's 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 only stuff I buy. It's a grade two bike, right? Using the NPA value guide, 100-point scale, your bike is actually a 54. As a former manager of an HD shop, you can probably agree that the work your bike required is well over $1,000 on any shop and any lift. Leaking base gasket. Yep, it was pouring oil all over the side. No Harley built after 2000 should have any leaks. But this, light, this bike started life as an 883. And somebody took it up to a twelve hundred. Okay. Okay. So there's your problem. And he no, swears it was a jug change. It, it was, I mean, right? Yeah. So you won't need any gaskets for that or no, anything, no, but right? But somebody yeah. messed it up when they did it. But yes. you have to right. use some yes. standard gaskets. And you have to the gaskets. You have to clean it. You have well, to it's do only that. Weeping. <laughs> I would use a little bit of permatex, but other people okay. would not. We're but going. I wouldn't be leaking. Use a permatex. Leaking base gasket. No, I would never use two tubes. Leaking shifter seal. Leaking tack drive seal. Front tire was literally 211. 12 years old. Front tube, rear tire, rear tube, gas tank scratched, wiring loom not attached to the lower right, right, right strain relief, missing two bolts and hardware on the frame. Pitting oxidation over the entire left fork leg, caliper and stanchion. EFI tuned, not running correctly at all, excessive post-detonation and run-on during deceleration and hard acceleration. There was oil bubbling out of the base gasket of this motorcycle when it was sitting there running. Seriously? Seriously. Which means it has a a pressure problem, too. Just so you understand the actual... Breather. Just so you understand the actual value of the motorcycle you brought to me, I give him the link to KBB, where it shows the trade-in value of one in good condition is $3,460. I give him the link to NADA that shows low retail of $2,100, average retail of $2,790. We all know that KBB tends to value things much higher than NADA. If you say it's actually an XL1200cc now, which it isn't, your value only goes up to $4,095 retail. 
So that's... Did he tell you it was an 883 with a big bore kit? He told me it was a 1200. <laughs> he never said it was no. an 883. No. Oh, fuck. He go fucking... Exactly. <laughs> so he brought me a bike where the entire bottom of the motor was just covered in oil and soot and grease and road grime and shit like that. Two tires on the bike from that were 12 years old apiece. Leaks from multiple locations. I'm about ready to get combative. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, <laughs> suck a dick. It's and, not too, right, too right. strong of a fucking... you got to remember. <laughs> That's combative, John. If you brought me... If, you, if he told you it was a 1200 and never mentioned that it started life as an 83, no. he could suck a dick. He said it's an XL 1200 16 times. I had to look on the frame and show him where it says XL 883. No. That's fucking. I'm like this XL. This a Harley. Ah, he's trying to commit fraud. Yes, a manager of a Harley dealership or whatever. He's also a medical doctor. Well, right. Yeah, those two. uh, Those two careers blend beautifully, don't they? That's a logical progression, isn't it? From so, in case you ever wondered what it's like to work at a shop, here's a guy that was going to use these two bikes. You know, uh, a Scrambler, an R9T Scrambler that apparently he has somewhere in some garage in Seattle, and then the aforementioned 1200. Uh, BMW, and then this Harley, which his description of this Harley was like it was a show bike. Right. He's like, I've gotten this is the quote over ten times. He said, I've got receipts for over twelve thousand dollars in this bike. Well, maybe he does because he's he's a fool in his money. So you coming? And I know how you spend your money now because if you paid to have those top ends done, if you paid to have that twelve hundred cc conversion done, you rode it around as like an S and S. He says he only put 500 miles on the bike. I said, so this this bike puked all that oil and picked up all that road grime and only 500 miles? That shit needs to go And back. he replaced that tire five years ago. I'm like, you'd, unless the guy sold you a six-year-old Probably. tire, a seven-year-old tire five years ago, which may have happened. Yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah. I'm calling bullshit on the entire scenario. But the point being, at no point in our relationship did I ever say, I take all, I, you know, I, I absorb every bike that shows up here. So it's funny because... I told him I was like, realistically, I'll give you three thousand, which is over KBB. And that's even high. Yeah, yeah. It's over KBB. I'll give you three K, and he was furious. It was it. I mean, that was it. And you nailed it, Nigel. I feel like I, I feel like I dodged a big hairy bullet. I feel like this guy, and I feel like that bike. If I would have sold that bike to somebody. And if it has only been 500 miles since that top end it was installed, back, yeah. I have a feeling that top end is going to escape that motor yeah. in the next couple of hundred miles. <laughs> but, but can you imagine what the, the shape of the BMWs are in? Bingo. Good point. So what's the right, point? Yes. I mean, right. the, it's no deal for you. If you're gonna get I mean, they might be okay BMWs. because nobody's actually worked on them. That, well, that's the thing, too. That would yeah. be the Don't only saving grace. Don't right. forget this is German mother from Berlin works in the BMW factory. Oh. <laughs> 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 I forgot about he that. met Adolf Hitler personally, <laughs> so he knows something about Volkswagens. Yeah, he knows something about Volkswagen. Well, Phil, all I can say is you, oh you were, I, you were either feeling that you, you had nothing else to do that you wrote in such a copious reply and you were extremely restrained not beginning with right. dear dick because that's where I would have started I know <laughs> I, 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 I felt... was kind of trying to stick up for the guy at the beginning but then yeah. the 880 mm-hmm. you're calling it a 1200 oh, yeah. and never mentioned it's an 883 fuck you you right. you're a loser mm-hmm. exactly and that's what it comes down to and this guy just feels like he was wronged and I, I, to his, yeah. he's probably all pissy because yeah. 
I drove 12 hours. I went and I got the bike. I thought we had a deal not, for 4500 4, well, But at the end of the day, until you've shaken hands and money has changed hands, we can talk on the phone all we want. Well, mm. and I love the way that in this conversation about him buying these bikes and this whole thing he's going to do, and he's going to, you know, he's going to use these bikes as his deposit. He doesn't need to put down any cash. He doesn't need to do that because he's giving me these bikes as deposit. And he's going to bring me the bike, even though the Vespa GTSs what? haven't arrived yet. Oh, okay. Because he wants them out of his garage kind of thing, right? Mm. because he knows that Harley is running now, yeah. but it yeah. might not be in four months, right? <laughs> and he figures strike while the iron's hot and the bitch is running, I it's guess. barely running. But no. yeah, it did, it did run like shit. It ran awful. But beyond all that, too, it's that arrogance in the deal where he's like, well, you're going to give me 4500 for this Harley. And I'm like, I haven't seen it yet. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to give you, but bring it by and I'll take a look at it. Send me a bunch of pictures. He sent me a bunch of pictures that were taken with a disposable camera in 1996, you know, <laughs> from a, you know, bad angle with poor lighting. And a moving car. Right. The <laughs> fact that you're... Well, the progression right. of syphilis does mm. affect the mental reasoning of... Yeah, I don't know what he's got he going on. He's a doctor. On. Right, he is a doctor. <laughs> and, like, and I've had a lot of experience in the shop dealing with doctors. And what I've learned about doctors aren't you is, married to one? yeah i was gonna say that. <laughs> different kind of doctor but the point Still. being right but the point being most doctors i know would never espouse themselves as being a harley davidson expert they're mm. people who pay other people to build their bikes for them sleepy you told us today yeah about somebody who's in like owns yeah, like multiple big dog players. Yeah, and not necessarily my company, but other right. ones. Yeah, uh, the automotive industry. Right, and they, their joke was, "Yeah, I don't really work on cars. I just pay other people." Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. And they're proud of it. Smart yeah. enough to know they should not be near a fucking car. Right. Right. But well, hold on. I, let's let's get this all into perspective. Yeah. This gentleman's only written you a, a polite email just to complain <laughs> about your bedside manner. That's all it's about. That's all it was. <laughs> really? That's all it is. That's fine. Now, I do have an actual question. Yeah. That well, just, it's good love and gone bad, and let's. Just yeah, that's exactly right. So this this is uh, a hypothetical. But so say you go out on his bike, right? And the fucking jug blows off yeah. on your test ride. Right. Are you now responsible as a shop owner? Or no. Is that just, no, mm -hmm. just test ride. No, I, I believe the title still has his name on it. Okay. Just like Phil's still responsible when somebody twists one of the zeros right. into the ground. Phil's yeah. responsible for yeah. it. No, but okay, but if you go out and ride it and you wreck it, yeah. uh, you're responsible. In the, like your insurance would be responsible, right? No. Well, okay, This you're getting into the very scary world of who's at fault, right? Yeah. And who's going to cover it. So what's going to happen? Well, what's really going to happen is this. If you bring your motorcycle into my shop right. and I'm out test riding it and it explodes and takes off half my left foot, okay? Okay. Right? My insurance company is going to sue your insurance company. All right. And your insurance company is going to say, no, we're not paying for it. You know, that's, that's the part, cost of doing business, right? So you can have the best of intentions in the world until you get a $200,000 hospital bill. Right. And at which point the lawyers take over. And maybe somebody might say, okay, we'll pay for this, you'll pay for that. Who knows? Or they try to settle out of court for whatever. Right. But the point being, there is no clear answer. Right. There is no direct line of liability right. where, according to Phil Waters, you got to pay for my foot. Or according to Hoyle, you got to pay for my motorcycle. No, there's no clear line. Well, they we, say, we have $25,000 worth of bodily injury. Here you go. Here's $25,000. Good luck. Now go fuck your hat. <laughs> right. And we have had in our shop for 22 years. I have had a, I'm going to say the words right, a financial responsibility affidavit. Mm -hmm. So have you ever taken a motorcycle test ride 
And when you took the motorcycle test ride, did somebody wave a piece of paper in front of you and make you sign it? Anyone? Yep. Yep. Okay. Does anybody know what that document was? Yeah. Of course not. You just sign it and got the bike down. I read everything that I sign. Right. That's right. That's exactly and right. I, I scratch out the things I don't like. Exactly. And I initial them. Right. And now, do you know what that piece of paper you think, and everyone calls this? This is a uh, this is a liability waiver. And we're all like, "Yeah, liability's bad. I'd like to waive liability." It's a liability waiver for the guy who just handed you the fucking keys, one, and it's worth nothing. Okay? How do you know, Phil? Well, it turns out I'm a guy that used to like to give test rides. Used to. And it turns out when you have somebody fucking doing 36 and a half miles per hour on a zero, who has a driver's license and a motorcycle permit and proof of insurance and showed up on a BMW... And you go, here, have a great ride. See you back here in 20 minutes. And off they fuck. And the next thing you know, you're getting a call from, I don't know, fire department, an ambulance, and a cop. Talking about how your bike is upside down in the mud. Right? Hanging from a telephone pole. 37 feet away from the road surface. Wow. Right? And where's the guy? Oh, he went to the hospital half an hour ago, 45 minutes ago. And then you start getting very carefully worded calls from attorneys. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just like the Using guys. my name as, yeah. as the liable party. Well, I have a piece of paper that guy signed that says, I'm not guilty of anything he does. And they said, well, you did give him the keys, right? I did. So you handed him the keys. Yeah. Did you give him a driver's test? No, I didn't give him a driver's test. Oh. Did you take him out in the parking lot and train him on the vehicle for half an hour or so? No, I didn't. He showed up on a motorcycle with a motorcycle endorsement. I checked all that shit. Oh. So you gave a guy keys to a motorcycle he couldn't possibly be familiar with. But wait. But wait. There's more. (laughs) The state... Gives you a license for any motorcycle that you ride. So you would think that if the state's giving you an endorsement for a motorcycle, and they don't say you are specifically forced to ride this specific motorcycle you came in on, and you have to get qualified like a plane, where you have to get qualified on each individual plane that you fly. You're not getting qualified on each individual motorcycle you ride. But the state says... You're qualified to ride any motorcycle above 50 cc's. Every I would argue that the threshold for riding a zero yep. is actually lower than a normal motorcycle because it does not have a clutch, clutch yep. does yep. not have a transmission. Yep, it's a twist and go scooter. That I'll uh, have any my, imbecile should be able to ride it. I'll have my I'll have my attorney contact you <laughs> regarding that defense do. next time. <laughs> yeah. I'll have my attorney contact you regarding that defense last time. Um, I tried the, but but your clients. Your In cl- fact, many do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I tried the, but your client is an ignorant asshole who maybe shouldn't be on a bike at all kind of thing. Or your client agreed to be financially responsible for any damage he did to my vehicle. And he signed his name with a picture of his driver's license and everything right on it. Yeah. And the lawyer says, yeah, but he didn't steal the keys from your shop. You gave. Yeah, but to Africa. 
permission. Yeah, you gave him. I'll give you the permission keys too, right? Right. Freaking retina. And the the point is, <laughs> that's where I gave him permission uh, to ride it. I didn't give him permission uh, to wreck it. Yep. Well, that's that's believe me. So what I and so what the term is the term that they're going to use for you is very simple. They're going to say, well, we're just calling you as a courtesy. Yeah. Because we just thought you should know in case you wanted to settle out of court prior to this going to your insurance company. So it's intimidation. Yeah. It's scared, absolutely scared intimidation. Yeah. While they're meanwhile, they're they're trying to they're trying to, you know, shorten this experience as much as they can to get to the money. What they're hoping for is ultimately that you decide to be a big old prick about it and that they go after your insurance company. Your insurance company goes, okay, well this is this guy's probably gonna trot out a million dollars worth of expenses. So if we can settle for forty or fifty grand, I think we can jack Waters insurance payment up for about the next forty years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get paid. It's not yeah. worth it. Yeah, and then it's not worth it to you. To oh, believe me, it. my friend. Don't if you own a business, don't ever make an insurance claim. No, trust me. No. You could pay somebody off in fucking solid gold blowjobs. Do not, <laughs> under any circumstances, say, "Well, that's okay. I'm going to file a claim with my insurance." I, I pay everybody off in cash. Do because not because they'll take it. They'll take it ten cents on the dollar. <laughs> do not pay. Do not ever let somebody. Oh, you, you know. Oh, you. Oh, that great. You. Yeah, that's great. You're. That's okay. I'll just file an insurance claim. No. No. Oh, the roof fell in. It's okay. I'll fix it myself. I'm gonna yeah, pay it. No. Printed, you, and besides, you don't get busted for the printed money you gave them. <laughs> that's it. I'm gonna. <laughs> I guarantee it. it. So. So ta-da. So there was that. Well, uh, that's so back to the back to the subject of people tonight? having a uh, yeah. Back to this, the uh, the subjects of the Great Escape. I was going to suggest I was going to nominate another one. Yeah, which is this gentleman who who finished his email by saying money was not the issue; <laughs> it was the way you treated me. And I will suggest Get you that you had the Great Escape because if you would like to travel the however many ninety minutes yeah. travel it is well, to get back down here yeah. and come and meet all the boys tonight, you right. really will be badly yeah, treated because yeah, we'll yeah, tell you yeah, just yeah, completely yeah. what I see you next Tuesday. You really are, you <laughs> dick. <laughs> and look, if money wasn't the issue when I offered you three k. You'd have taken it. Uh, well, <laughs> yes, good well, point. Especially after you pointed out all the shit. I did him the fa- I did him the service of giving him a diagnostic on his vehicle and showed him how much we'd have to put into it and showed him where KBB was and where NATO was and everything else. I, I offered. I didn't say get this piece of shit out of here. I don't ever want to see it again. I said I got to put a thousand into it before I can make a thousand off of it. And you'd be lucky to move it. So if I got to put a thousand into it before I can make a thousand off of it. If I lined it up with my other four Harleys over there, it's going to be the only one with a puddle underneath it. And even well, really, a, I have a puddle underneath it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's fucking, that's GSH. Grumpy sewer Harley. It's also going to be the other one that was originally registered as a different motorcycle to right. what it purports to be today. Well, that's the hilarious thing, too. It's just like, oh, from yeah. di- you, you really know how to say the word 1200. I got a Sportster 1200. I got a Sportster 1200. I got a Sportster 1200. You got an XL883 with a top end kit, bud. Yep. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that on that's like a that. Cleveland wide receiver. Yeah, he's 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 right there, man. So that's that's cool. We were um, <laughs> at least Deshaun will be in. Put your beer down. Jesus Christ! Don't spill beer on my brand new fancy you carpet. You have a drinking problem. Yeah, I have a friend problem. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Tell me about it. So, as many of our astute podcast listeners will note 
we had a bit of a plan going that we were going to go to the Isle of Man this year, come late Ooh. May, June. Yeah. And to my immediate that? left is Oscar and Sleepy and and Chris Smith and Nigel. And Johnny Mac. And Johnny Mac. Johnny Mac. <laughs> 2.0. 0.5. Yeah. You guys are danger close from the point where we have to separate you. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> I'm just sitting over here minding my own business. So we, uh, I guarantee. I'm sitting over here minding my own business. I, oh, no. Guys, uh, this is not going to be tedious at all. And, it, and it's not even brown liquor day. No, it's not even close. It's not even. And we're going to go to we're gonna go to Porco after this. Oh shit! Money is not the issue. It's the way you treated me. That's the way you treated me. <laughs> okay, now. Okay, now. And first of all, anybody who ever says money's not the issue, fuck you. Fuck you. Money's always the issue. You want to know? Because if you have too much of it or too little of it, it's an it's issue. An issue. Yep. Yeah. It's exactly right. When you have too much of it, you turn into an asshole. Hey, when I you have uh, too little of it. So you're an asshole. <laughs> you got to roll an asshole to get some more. <laughs> so would you believe that uh, mid-November, mid-November, for an event that starts at the end of May, that that five months, not enough time. <laughs> Just not enough time, boys and girls. Yep. Not enough time. If you're thinking real hard about attending Isle of Man 2024, this would be a good time to start your planning. Well, that's what I was going to suggest. But if you're pla- Yeah, but if you're planning on attending 2023, see aforementioned hat, you are not going to have a great time. You're going to have a really, really great time. There is a Facebook page called Isle of Man TT slash MGP Accommodation Search 2023. And every year that I've been paying attention, Oscar and I, we've gone to this Facebook page to see what happens for guys that maybe bought their tickets and maybe rented an Airbnb and maybe their cat died or maybe their fiance got angry or whatever, right? There's all kinds of reasons why people don't live up to the commitments they made, especially at this particular race, the Isle of Man TT, where people make their accommodations a year in advance, right? So we go to this thing and I'm going to say easily, okay, that Going on homestay, which is their version of Airbnb, going on books, you know, booking.com or whatever, or going on just looking at hotels, you got to be at least seven or eight or nine months early. You really do in order to get anything resembling accommodation. Now, if you want to sleep in a doghouse, no kidding, it's a real doghouse, four by eight sheet of plywood, two verticals on the side. It's basically a, it's a box. It's a box. Is and that it the, has uh, glamping. The glamping, yes, <laughs> yes. The glamping. We were just talking about today. They have these like parkas that for homeless people. Yeah. That the bottom like folds up in the back, and you can unfold it, and then you put your legs in and zip them up, and they're weatherproof. You know, rainproof really? and everything. And you, you can just, sleep on the bus stop. Do that for like nine days. <gasps> Sure, John. <laughs> that, that sounds, sounds, that sounds amazing. <laughs> you don't need a bath or a shower or a toilet. Yes. No, you just put, you hook the water bottle up here and it just drains down. It just drains right down. Yeah, it yeah. will rain like at least a couple days, at yeah. least. So. What most of them are is oh, a tent, right? Most of them are some sort of a tent <laughs> with you know a teepee <laughs> or something with a couple of cots inside. Um, most of them are that. That's or, what you're getting. Or a veal calf crate. Yeah. <laughs> A, a lot of them really were plywood. A lot of them were were pretty basic, pretty a Spartan. Shipping container would be great. So, um, so thanks for mentioning that. 
Um, Duke travel. So in the Isle of Man, Duke is kind of like their thing. Like Duke is the provider of many, many profits and services for the thing. Right? Jeff Jeep made the most like out of Like Acme for the coyote? Well, like all, <laughs> yeah. the, all the videos are Duke, right? Yeah. Like somebody moved into, like Duke got their claws in early with licensing yep. and probably signed like a 300-year contract to be like the official media representative of Isle of Man TT. But I think they're also the official, um, you know, portable radio uh, thing for Isle of Man TT. I think they're also the official uh, prostitution of Isle of Man TT. <laughs> or the official banger of... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So when you when you look at um, the things that are available and the packages that they're offering you, it is, it is only next to World Cup on a level of complete <laughs> bait and switchery. You know, like, I paid $395 a night and you're in Ikea bag. You know, like, you are in cardboard. That kind of a thing. It is hilarious. 460 pounds per person per night to sleep in a lightly modified shipping container. Okay. Now for your 460 pounds per night, you get a lot of cool things, right? (laughs) Yeah. You get beer. Yeah, you don't. (laughs) Well, you do. Hold on. You can, you, you can sign up for what's called the Explorer package. And you can sign up for what's called the taster package, but the taster package is literally just 460 pounds a night. So I did. <laughs> it a night. Yes, it is. You, uh, I'm, I'm going to oh tell you gosh. that this is, this is what I've been putting my head against for the past three or four weeks. I have tried every means possible to put four or five human beings in a building under the same roof yeah. for about the past six weeks. Right. And, the stuff I've come up with is bonkers. And even our old wow. landlord offering us his four-bedroom house for the princely sum of 450 pounds a night, that sounds like a great deal. Except for the fact that his house is basically not even on the same island as the fucking race. <laughs> right? Like, you need to buy a container today. <laughs> fill it full of beer and cigarettes. And, and bikes. And, and bikes. And, and send bikes. it there. Yeah. Who cares where it, it, it just leave it on the dock. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck just, yeah, dude. Just, Completely. Um, the glamping, the glamping oh, is sad. sizable five meter canvas bell tents, duvets, linens, and pillows. The tents sleep up to four people on site showers and toilets on code. Just so you know, in the Isle of Man on site means maybe less than a half a mile. I mean, because it, yeah, no shit. You could already have a prearranged no, deal that you'll shit. give the container to anybody who'll let you park it on their property. The, for the tent week. is 275 pounds a night. If you get it without any food <laughs> and out any, without a liquor Can't ration, you just buy a boat. Uh, that's another good idea. Fucking roll up and sink it when you leave. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So the Vikings did. Leave. Right. Yeah. Pull the plug out and fuck it. <laughs> the Vikings set fire to it, didn't they? That's another good thing. Viking, we yeah. could do that too. Don't get involved, folks. It's a funeral. Right. <laughs> it's a worldly, it's a godly thing. Let us have our thing. To be on the tent, to bring your own tent at some of these places, the peel, which peel is oh, to the yeah. Isle of Man as uh, St. Louis is to the Pittsburgh Speedway, okay? <laughs> it ain't anywhere fucking close, no. right? It's opposite side of the island. It's the opposite side of the island. It's the, you know, aside from making really small, inept, tiny cars, <laughs> Peel's not there for much, 
<laughs> Oscar and I took a really good picture there one year, but that was about it. A couple it. of nice pubs, that's about it. A couple it. of nice pubs, that's exactly right. So putting it together, letting people know, it's fucking expensive. So I love these last minute travel sites. The last minute travel sites are all about guys that are straight up, they are going to do two things. One, they're sad, they can't get their deposit back. And uh, mm. oh, for the record, deposit, no. You pay for the whole thing up front. Every single place I looked for says, oh, this is great. You pay me half now. And you pay me the second half within 48 hours. Because you have two days to make up your mind. I mean, two days, you know, you could sacrifice half your money. Not pay the rest when you've checked my place out no, and made sure no, it's not no. full of ringworm. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Pay me, pay me now. I can't do it. The, the, this whole thing is hilarious. 600 pounds a night. Oh, man, that's great. You know? Uh, sure, 600 pounds a night. If you can put six people in there, that's massive, right? That's that's badass. I think that's great. And then when I looked into it, no, that's per couple. So it's 600 per night per couple because they're giving you a bedroom in this fancy house. Yeah. Careful, folks. Got to read the small print. <laughs> and what is also funny is um, buying a ferry ticket. So if you're going to walk onto the ferry with your little people carriers, you know, your LPCs, you're going to jump onto the ferry. It's awesome. It's great. You walk on that some bitch. There's a lot of room. It's very hard to sink one of those things. Um, unless you're in like... But it has been. It has Indonesia. happened, right? Yeah, yeah, like in Indonesia. Right. If you're in Indonesia, they sink all the time. They roll over and play dead. <laughs> but... Did, did that one on the channel port where somebody accidentally forgot to close the bowels at the front of it. The, no. The, yeah, and it filled up It with became water, a scoop. So. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. It's now a shovel. <laughs> Not a sloop. No, it's a scoop. <laughs> so they, uh, yeah, so, but if you're trying to bring a car on or a motorbike on, they do start, Steam Packet Ferries and some of the other ferries, they do start listing those January 1. Yeah, you need to book next year. January 1. So you can't book December 30th, you got to book January 1. That's yep. to keep it fair, mm. right? And then it's like getting tickets to Elton John's last show. Oh, yeah. Right? You know, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift, exactly. So, but here's the thing I found funny is there's not just one ferry company, the Steam Packet Ferry is the one that's legendary, but there is Manx Ferries. And so I was like, great, Manx Ferries. Like, we also have a ferry. You know, outside of the ferry bridge, there's a ferry ferry company. We have a bourbon so, ferry. We have a. Damn straight. Now that's a ferry I'd ride. Uh, oh, shit. Hey, oh, shit. Oh, John's blushing. That's the challenge. Stop it. So, we get. So I, I look up Manx Ferry, and it turns out Manx Ferry is like if your uncle had a boat, <laughs> and he let you borrow it occasionally. The Manx Ferry does not run on the regular. It kind of runs like... It like want to run. Every other Tuesday, except for when it's raining, we go on Thursdays, and sometimes at 2 p.m., and maybe as early as 9 a.m. if we get around to it. Looking at the schedule for getting a ferry in and a ferry out, the ferry schedule, since it's called Manx Ferries, I figured it out. It's by the Manx um, Hotel Commission, designed to keep you trapped on the island for an extra three days. So no matter what day you think going in on, you know, I don't need the whole week of practice. I can get there a couple of days late, but I'm not going to leave the event early. No, I want to leave Sunday or Monday. It only brings people to the island. You got any way I looked at the schedule. Anyway, I looked at the schedule. You could either get to the island three days early. Or three days late, or leave the island three days early, or three days late. Mm. Great. Yeah, I guess that's what happens you when you have never leave and when you boat. Want. <laughs> right? 
It's an island. <laughs> That's it. I was so upset with that deal because we needed the transport and, yeah. the, and the, all the e-bike rentals on the island were sold out like a year ago when I finally got them to acknowledge it. So I was thinking a bit laterally and I thought, I know, Dublin, Dublin. Right. So I'm, so I'm, I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm all over my uh, Google Maps and stuff, bicycle companies and so on. And I've made a few phone calls and eventually I chanced upon this place that rented out e-bikes and I called him up and I, I spoke to my newest best friend called Aiden, who sent, turned out to be a real star banana. And Aiden was quite happy that we could rent bikes off him and cross his palm with silver in, in the form of credit cards. And he'd allow us to take them off, off away from Ireland, take them on the ferry, go to the Isle of Man. Not a problem at all. I'm thinking, fucking winner, yeah, here we, we love go. You, Aiden. I've done this before because I've walked my bicycle onto the ferry from well. Liverpool. And there aren't any bloody ferries from Dublin. Well, there are, but they're on once every three months. Or exactly. Something. Yeah, yeah. I looked at the schedule. <laughs> no, the schedule is not kind, right? The schedule is basically you're admitting or agreeing to be on the island for five days more than you really want to be on the island, right? And when it's not a winner. I love. I love the island, right. and when yeah. we were there, it rained a lot, so we got to do things that weren't necessarily racing. But Oscar and I have done all those things. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> We don't need to do them again. Well, and we do. You go to Cedar Point every year, don't you? Dude, I can see a wet yeah. castle anywhere. <laughs> There's all kinds of wet castles. Yeah, and we do remember what the cost of our companion in the house for mm-hmm. his rental for his bike. So he was paying over 350 pounds a day right. for that bike, and he was only able to rent it for five days. Yeah. And he got a special, you know, he got, he snuck in at the last minute. Wait, he, got he paid it, he got 350 it. pounds. Per day. A per day, day for yes. a bicycle? No, for no, a motorbike. No, no, a motorcycle. For, uh, oh, for a motorcycle. Yeah, for a Triumph, oh. Triumph 600. Rented yeah. on the island. Yes. Right. Yes. Right. So um, there is a concession where the guys, he does it just for Isle of Man and GP. And um, he, uh, I, I, I'll, I'll conjure his name. But so the fellow that was our roommate that did this rental, and we were Jason Griffiths. So Jason mm-hmm. Griffiths Motorcycles. So Jason Griffiths Motorcycles, uh, he does this, you know, he does this, this rental business. And our, uh, our friend, our roommate, we picked him up at the airport because our, our landlord is a taxi driver. So we picked <laughs> him up at the airport and everything, got him in, got him all setted, settled. And, you know, this, this guy swings a pretty big wallet around. This, there's no doubt about it. This guy's not afraid to, to intimidate you with a wallet. And very nice guy, definitely there to have a good time. When he told us what he was paying for his motorbike, to rent the motorbike, Oscar and I were like, just shut your fucking mouth. Like, <laughs> like there's being wealthy and then there's rubbing my dick in it, yeah. right? And, that, and it was kind of like he was rubbing my dick in it. It was pretty, pretty bad. And I was very surprised that the rental price he paid, and then while he had the bike, within like a day or two of getting the bike, I think that day. it tossed a head gasket. Yeah. So it was a TT600 that he got, and within very short... So the story goes like, because I know a guy, and because my guy knows a guy, and I know a guy... Nice. That's, a, that's the sound of happiness. I know that So. Guy. So the dude goes, he hooked me up and he gave me, he's bringing a special bike over from the mainland just for me, right? And I was like, mm-hmm. for that much money, I would build you a bike, <laughs> right? For the fact that you're going to rent that bike from me for up to 14 days at 350 pounds a day, what color? Yeah, you know, absolutely. I'll have Triumph drop it off with a helicopter. And so it was so funny that 
the long and short of it is he blew the head gasket. He was on the side of the road with a dead motorcycle, called the guy and said, hey, I paid you up front a large pile of Isle of Man money, which is their own money. And I paid you for this stuff. Could you send a truck by and maybe have that truck bring an extra motorcycle so that I can continue on my adventure? And they said, uh, no. (laughs) And, And our guy was like, what consumers can't consumers don't know the sound of the word no in America. And they said, well, no, we have only one truck. It's busy doing other things. Where are you? Where's the bike? We'll put it on our list. We'll get around to it. He's like, well, what am I supposed to ride in the meantime? Oh, we have a beautiful selection of buses that stop (laughs) at a lot of corners all the time. And our guy was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me, man. I'm giving these guys 350 pounds a day. And they're telling me I should take the bus. He's like, well, what if I get the bike back to the airport by by where your facility is? What if I get your bike back there? You don't have to send the truck. Will there be another bike there that I can grab? And he's like, "Ah, I don't know if one comes in, you know, maybe. But why would anybody be returning a bike early in the event? He rode it there with a blown head gasket. (laughs) Game on. That'll fix it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, He rode it there. But I guess they parked his ass there for about nine hours. So he was stuck by the airport at whatever storage unit they rented waiting Waiting and waiting. And they did They did get him another bike. Yeah, so, another yeah, they bike. gave him another bike. He got another machine. But that gives you an idea oh, of you're a very, 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 very insignificant cog in their very large operation. So it was pretty funny that when I started looking at um, their bike hire, you know, this year to see what they were charging, he's clever. He doesn't put his prices of course not on there because <laughs> tt week's quite differently priced from the rest that's right <laughs> he yeah. makes it he makes it a point to not put his prices right front dead front and center but remember um, money was not the issue it's, yeah, it's money's price not per the issue, issue. <laughs> I would 350 for a week it's it's yeah. price per event and so. so when i did check it out so i did go to their website and on their website it does say 250 pounds per single day including vat oh. and comprehensive insurance and okay. but if you contact them, they'll tell you that is absolutely okay. not during the TT. That is not, not during MotoGP. It is not during yeah, the TT. Yeah. And I was like, ah, you son of a bitch. So I think we're all looking forward to planning for 2024. Definitely. Yeah. We'll have things perfectly dialed in by then. Um, I had an I, adventure in calling United Airlines and Lufthansa to ask them politely because oh, yeah. according to their own advertising, yeah. if a people were a um, uh, a far rider, a people, uh, if people were bicyclists, you don't have to be gay, but it helps. Bike curious. People who are bike curious, but people that have bicycles do take them places. And it turns out these airlines are okay with that. Mm-hmm. Guilty as charged. I know. I used to go to Mallorca every year on a training camp with it. Yeah. yeah. And they, they you put that? your bike in a bag or a bike in a box yep. and you can put it on the airplane and they count that as one piece of checked baggage. Where did yep. you go? Wow. Mallorca in the Bal- Balearic Islands in the Mediterranean. I just want to hear you say it again. <laughs> it does sound better when he says it. John's Mallorca. filling up his spank There's bank. got like two extra Y's in there and everything. Yeah. Right. Mallorca. It's written Mallorca. <laughs> now oh. it sounds even more exotic. John just got a little bit of a tan when you said that. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of a Woody, I think. No, no, no. I called United and I said, so let's talk about this bike in a box thing. And they said, yeah. And I said, so what's the rules? And they said, well... I said, I said, what's the dimensions? So the guy gives me the dimensions from United. So Mm -hmm. I wrote down the dimensions and I said, what's the maximum weight the bike is allowed to be the box. Mm. 
what's the maximum weight it's allowed to be? And he goes, 50 pounds, U.S. I said, okay, very same good. Same as a suitcase. Very yep. good. All right, 50 pounds, same as a suitcase. Mm-hmm. Right? I said, all right, very good. And I said, so you, you don't care. If I have a ticket taking me from Cleveland, Ohio to the goddamn Isle of Man, no matter how many planes are involved, my bicycle is going to arrive at the Isle of Man. Absolutely. What if it has to get on somebody else's plane, like maybe Ryanair or Air Aegis or Aer Lingus or Cunnilingus or whoever? Uh-huh. What if we have to do that? And he goes, we will ship it through. The bike will make it there. We've been, we've, we're the travel agents. We're the travel industry, my friend. We've been moving bicycles for hundreds of years. And he gave me that statement with like this extreme self-confidence. <laughs> and I went, okay, thank you. Amazing. May I have your name? Okay. And I hung up and I called Lufthansa. <laughs> and I called Lufthansa and they said the same thing, but a little more forcefully. Wait, so, wait, he said they've been moving bicycles for hundreds of years? Yeah, yeah I, I'm pack? elaborating. Oh, but how do they, <laughs> I'm elaborating. I want to know how they pack those bikes with the, the huge... Things? Yeah. Yeah. They're dirigibles. Yeah. You have so, to remember yeah. that the Wright brothers actually ran a, mo- a built bicycle shop, so they actually started very early, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. I think the Wright flyer was half bicycle. It was. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, I called Lufthansa, and Lufthansa says, everything exactly the same. And I said, so, but will you... Are you going to tell me that my 50-pound box that measures in these dimensions, they gave me the, gro- the weight in kilograms, and it was remarkably close to 50 pounds. So you're going to tell me that box is going to make it all the way onto the Isle of Man, even if we have to get onto another airplane and in, like, a, Dublin it, or somewhere else. And it's a tiniest fucking and plane. And we've been on that plane. Yeah, it's a it's not a big plane. Yeah. We had to help start it last time. Yeah. So <laughs> we, got on, we got on the plane, and they were like, you can't sit next to him. And they moved yeah, they me. Yeah, they make you move. Yeah, 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 they moved me. Yeah, the they didn't move him. Weight, weight distributions. They yeah. moved me. Fuck you. <laughs> no, you're cool right? me they told Phil to hold the can of wolf juice. No, like, if that one slows down, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to hand you this fuel pump. Right, that's it. Just don't no, stop pumping. Said, they handed him a big gulp of just aviation, aviation fuel. fuel. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Lufthansa goes. Oh, let me call you back. So Lufthansa called me back because I called Aer Lingus and I called Ryanair. And of course, there's no humans. You can't get through to those yeah, companies. No, no. What about, were there any hmm? Germans? Germans. Well, the Lufthansa called me right the fuck back. Too bad there's not a Walmart on the island. You could just buy, order a bike and pick it up there. <laughs> so the closest thing they have is PJ Maxx, which is not TJ Maxx, yeah, but it's PJ the same Maxx. as TJ Maxx. But anywho, <laughs> so fucking uh, Lufthansa calls me back. God bless them. Call me back, and the guy goes, you're not thinking about bringing an electrical bicycle, are you? Uh, How the fuck can you look into my brain, man? <laughs> like, this is a phone I'm talking to you on, right? Yeah. And it, I said, does it matter? Foiled again. And he goes, electric bicycles are absolutely not allowed. Well, And I said, well, well, hold on. What part of the electric bicycle is not allowed? Mm-hmm. The battery or the... Yeah. The bicycle. I said, no, 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 the battery, the the battery or the motor or what? Is the bicycle electric? Will the bicycle be electric? Has the bicycle been electric? Then it's not allowed. And I went, fuck. I guarantee you if you take the lipos out. I believe that guy was combative. (laughs) (laughs) But I guarantee you. I'm calling him matter of fact. I've flown with six 20,000 milliamp 6S packs when I was doing work. For uh, the, the, the Discovery Channel. Flight 800? <laughs> no, no. But they're big lipo packs, yeah, but yeah. you have to have them on your carry-on. You cannot check them. So, so that would be my point. So Oscar and I weighed 
Yep. The bike. Yeah. yeah. So Oscar and I took the battery yeah. out of the bike because according to the manufacturer, the electric bicycles we were going to use weigh 62 pounds. Which has got to be 12 pounds of battery. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. We took the battery out and we were like, yeah, that's, that's totally heavier than my dick. So it's got to be, right? And <laughs> yeah, so yeah. fair enough. So we're like, okay, well, then that's, that's cool. But it's funny that two airlines that called me back love bicycles, will not even entertain the thought of the bicycle being electrified, Electric, yeah. right? Because this isn't their first rodeo. Well, what if you ship over a 12-pound box of fishing tackle? Exactly. Right. This is the whole thing. So that, that was the whole joke. But then, of course, we, we didn't have to go that far because at some point we realized we were literally, every time we took a step, it was on our own dick regarding booking reservations and hotels and everything else. It was, it got to the point of being extremely hilarious that I'd sent out in one day, I had the day off and I'd sent out 25 beautifully worded emails like that one i read you earlier yes um to people so what you politely need a, requesting to use their home you need a 50 pound yeah gasoline powered motorcycle that unfolds into a living residence it's, it's right over there it's that a moto compo a, yeah that's what i'm saying like something you mean you, a moto compo with a pump tank carry yeah. on your back that wouldn't how much does that fucking we need a like? fedex that fucking thing in the More moto than compo you think Really? Yeah, I had to move one off an upper shelf in the back back uh, of the sh- yeah. showroom. The de Blasi folding uh, motor scooter, or b- motorcycle, because yeah. it's street legal. It's got turn signals and everything. Yeah. That son of a bitch is heavy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it look yeah. Like it. yeah, I know. Go figure. So, uh, so I was speaking to my pal in Stoke-on-Trent today and telling him about the, the demise of this great where, trip. Where, where was that? <laughs> <laughs> it's a city in Staffordshire in England. Stoke, Stoke on Trent. Okay, thank you. <laughs> this is, is, is going to wear very thin. You're going to get a German accent, or he's going to start humping you. I going to say, at this rate, one way or another, I'm going to end up fucking him. I'm not sure which way it's going to be. <laughs> so anyway, I said, I was saying to him like we were having all this trouble. Blah blah blah. I can't get e-bikes and all this crap. And I said, so I'm thinking maybe um, if it's going to be 2014, we'll perhaps go online and we'll buy some used, like, small-capacity dirt bikes or something, and we'll have them shipped to your house. In fact, you can register them for us, (laughs) and then we'll ride them from your place to the Isle of Man, and we'll book the ferry. Right. And then he sent me that thing back, which I I didn't have a chance to look at yet. I don't know if anyone has yet, but I sent you guys the link to some rental things. There's some rental tours and road trip. I looked into those guys earlier, because, yeah, it was a great idea. Looking... You know, it's that thing. It's the idea of you don't try to go to Burning Man and stay close to Burning Man. You don't try to rent an RV in Reno. You have to rent an RV in Wyoming because everything within a blast radius of Burning Man is fucking rented out. So you have to go a little further. And that, yeah, the idea of renting something further away. Dan accidentally hatched one of the best brain babies I've heard today. By used motorcycles. Over, I mean, there's used he was looking well, that's, that's on, what on, the on the island, on the island, man, island. for under two thousand dollars. Well, the problem too is it's an island, so your blast radius. Once you get out of the blast radius, it's ocean. There's no yeah, but everything that feeds it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. The, the ferries and the car rental places. So his idea. Yeah, I didn't even. Th- I mean, honestly, I. Well, did I wasn't not- thinking about buying a motorcycle. Buy a van. 
Like a broken down van. We just want to live in it where We're it looking into that too. That was plan to one. So yeah. Oscar and I's plan one was we had originally, our original idea was to rent a good size people uh, transit. To rent a good size transit and then Get to rent that bikes yeah. in England. Right. Yeah. To rents, rent that in Ireland. Rents a camper van in England. To rent right. a good size van yeah. and then throw a couple of bikes in there and then, and then off we fuck, right? And then you put that on the ferry because it is. $90 or $100 to put that vehicle on the ferry, you just have to book it well enough in advance to get yeah. the, the, the location on the ferry. That's not a problem. And they do treat you rough if your vehicle is over five meters long or whatever. They just, every, you know, everything you make your a little more inconvenient for them, they're going to charge you a little more money. They've been doing it for a long time. They got it all figured out. But if the bikes are inside the van, then fucking awesome. So we looked at all this. And it was funny because it's like you're like okay I'm gonna rent I'm gonna rent a car in Blackpool or or mm-hmm. you know somewhere that has a port close by or you know Hersham or whatever the heck that closer mm-hmm. closer port was and we were like okay renting a car is not bad it's you know seventy or eighty dollars a day it's great cool let's rent a van oh did you say van mm-hmm. I'm sorry did I hear you say van Oh, our vans start at 600. I saw that when you. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It goes up tenfold. Because it's the difference between, you know, a car is just moving around and whatever. A van, well, you're going to break it. You're going to bust it. You're going to put wrong shit in it. You're going to bring it back damaged. Nobody's nobody's (laughs) ever brought a van back in the same condition it fucking left in. Let's be honest. My son brought. The van they rented to go out west with, yeah. uh, they ripped the oil pan off on a rock in the middle of some trail they should oh. have been driving at. They I did not even... know this, but apparently the cool <laughs> stealth camping move, the move, if you're like in Hawaii or a place where you can't find a hotel room, whatever, is to go to U-Haul and rent a U-Haul van, a U-Haul truck, a box right. truck. Yeah. I looked at the United States Forestry Service, the Department of Natural Resources, you know, cabin camping guides for all these cool campsites <laughs> that exist all over Hawaii. Yay, National Parks member, lifetime member, right? Yep. And I looked at all the drone shots and aerial footage and satellite imagery oh, of these U-Hauls. things, <laughs> and they're all fucking U-Haul vans. <laughs> fucking door mirror to door mirror. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a string of U-Haul vans. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Makes perfect sense. If it costs me $400 a day to rent a Ford Transit van with a mattress lightly thrown in the back of it, and I can rent a U-Haul van for 129 bucks, give me the U-Haul, baby, yeah. right? And where can you park a U-Haul? Any goddamn where you want. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. You can sleep in the back. It's nice and dry. It's pretty big. You can stand up and walk around. Yeah. It's actually fucking brilliant. There, there's so a they whole... Had a, oh, go ahead, sorry. They had, a, they had a deal which does limit your ability to take vans on ferries and things. I think, I want to say it's like 1994 or something, as, as the European Union was getting more and more... Clo- more cl- getting closer and so on. Mm. And they, they, they had this open market... So there was going to be no uh, no taxation on moving stuff around, and the British authorities had to therefore say that you were allowed to bring as much uh, alcohol or tobacco or anything into the country as you wanted. But then, of course, be, being being the customs and excise department, they said for your own personal use. So what people ah. were doing was they were driving out, they would rent a van. And they go over on the Channel Ferry and they go into France and they load this van up with Just booze, all sorts of booze and cigarettes and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And then they get back and the guy from Customs and Excise says, what are you doing with all this lot? 
Well, my I drink a lot and I smoke a lot. (laughs) And they said, "No, no, no. This is this is not. We don't believe this is for personal consumption. This is human consumption. We are we are impounding this. Third party radar, and we're impounding the vehicle that you're transporting it (gasps) in as well. So all these rental, and they never got them back." So all these van rental companies suddenly were completely fucked because well, their, yeah. their vans were, right. you were they never were, ever going to see them again. They you were cu- seized. In fact, Customs and Excise, I think, sold them off. They seized them and then sold them. So you could, you, could no, you could no longer yeah. rent a van and take it over. Now, I, I don't, I think you'd probably get away no, with going to the Oscar Alabama. and I looked. So Oscar and I looked and we could not find a single company that would rent us anything resembling a transit van. Anything big and square. No. Telling them it was going to the Isle of Man. Well, that's your problem. Right. That's your problem. So we could rent it and just fuck around. Yep. Which we later said, well, that's what we're going to have to like, do. Where you're picking up, right. where you're yeah. dumping we're, it, and right. you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, these are as your soon, only options. As soon as yeah. there was, like you said, as soon as there was a ferry involved, yeah. Yeah. even if it was going to somewhere <laughs> that is, because people have to remember, Isle of Man is its own country. It's just technically. Yeah. Now, there are no rules there like that where, you know, you go to Calais and you end up with 900 pounds of, you know, cigarettes and bring them back. It's not, the Isle of Man doesn't work that way. Nobody's going to be like, oh, it's a tax shelter. The place is, you know, has other reasons. Charge you more for the cigarettes. No, yeah, the Isle of Man. yeah. So it is funny that, you know, that, that that's a funny thing. There's all these different rules you have to jump through and stuff like that. But I love Kromke's idea. Yeah. Yes. Look on the Isle of Man. Is yeah. there a motorcycle for sale? Yes, there is. If you only knew a dealer who could get you a 45 day temp tag based on the VIN. I wonder where you could find such a dealership. I don't think they exist. I know. I know. Because what I can tell you is I have hand to God proof positive that if you have a dealer tag on the back of your motorcycle, that you can drive that motorcycle in Italy and Germany and France and nobody's going to pull you over because they do not know what to fucking do with it. A dealer plate, there is no way to say that Mr. Kromke did not go to Isle of Man with every intention in his heart and soul of buying that motorcycle and at the end of this two-week adventure, shipping that bitch back to Ohio. Being that he is an Ohio resident and the title has not changed hands yet, he is required by law to get a temporary tag for that vehicle. Now, nobody says the temporary tag can't leave Ohio. If you're the police officer, would you like to argue that Mr. Kromke is not from Ohio? (laughs) <laughs> Would you like to argue that Mr. Kromke has no intention whatsoever of taking this vehicle back to the United States? Yeah, it's going to be hard Dan, to prove that. If Dan gets pulled uh, over right. over there, yeah. he's going to be worried about other things than... You're talking about bringing sand to the beach? Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 There's no such thing as a temp tag. It doesn't work the same it way over there. No. The registration plate stays with the vehicle stays with the vehicle forever. Right. But but there must be something. That we can, I, mean, I was, I was selling, suggesting to my yeah. pal Paul yeah. that we could buy some cheap bikes, well, yeah. have them delivered to his house, store them in his bar. Yeah. Um, I actually still have, don't tell anybody, but I still have a British um, driving license as well, which is, <laughs> you have to surrender that when you're leaving. Uh, and really? I have a motorcycle endorsement on it, so I could oh, technically right. yeah. own and register yeah. any number of, and I'm also a UK citizen. Just, right. I could just, do all that. I mean, I just think like there's something in it for people who live on the Isle of Manx or Isle of Man. Like, hey, I'm going to buy these motorcycles. 
You could keep them. Storm. You can ride them all year long. That was, or, yeah. I just yeah. need to be able to use them. Like, can you can you carve me a little twelve by twelve spot in the back of your yard? Right. Exactly. Where I can put a hut. Yep. With motorcycles. <laughs> yeah. And you can use that hut all year long for anything you want. Or you could use the motorcycles. You could use yeah. the yeah. motorcycles. I'd be so rich them. if that was the case, because I could run twenty. Or you could too. You run there twenty are, motorcycles. Run fifty motorcycles. There and it pays are for them all. A lot of tax reasons. To find yourself with a house on the Isle of Man. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you're a British person, if you're a British citizen, if you're an English citizen, there are a lot of really nice tax reasons why Jeremy Clarkson had a multi-million dollar estate on the Isle of Man. It's not because he felt strongly about the Manx people, right? It's because he didn't have to pay any tax. What's the cheapest right. piece of property you could buy on the island? Not a lot. A lot. A lot. <laughs> yeah. There's no cheap. Yeah. No, there's and no the ghetto. We is, tried and, finding it. It wasn't one. Yeah. And the other thing is that land, it's 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 just a completely different concept yeah. to what we're used to yeah. here. So even the chances of somebody having the room to put a, allow you to build a shed to keep three right. motorcycles in, nobody change. has that much spare land lying around unless they are <laughs> some huge farm, owned a farm or... Yeah. Dig a tunnel underground. Yeah, that's what you need to do. Yeah, Look, something yeah. like that. This is this this game in England. Spider hole. Everybody in England is now building down. Down. Yeah. So people in in, in metropolitan London. area and stuff in London, yeah. they can't build up anymore, right? You know, it says you can only have a three story, three flat or whatever up here. But everybody's building down, mm-hmm. and they're coming across all these ancient Roman artifacts. <laughs> oh, but if you find one, you have to stop digging. Yeah. So people are like. Just put that over there. Yeah. Just, I know it's a helmet. Throw I know that's strange. Just, just, just get rid of it. Can you crush it? Just get rid of it. Because if they find anything down there, guess what? You no longer have a subterranean rec room. But thinking of like the weather and how much yeah. it rains, I mean, like going down can't, like, how, it's, there's got to be just. <laughs> I've been on the London Underground. Sump pump. I've been on the under, <laughs> London Underground system and I have been like, oh, that's interesting. Or like over here, yeah. you got a chump. A pump. chump pump. Nah, <laughs> eh, two pump jump. But the, uh, <laughs> the I was on one subway platform, you know, on the underground. I was like, I wonder how deep we are. And then I really went over and looked at it. I was like, Jesus Christ, we're like 13 levels deep. Yeah, I had wow. no idea we had traveled that low. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so in a country that is uh, an island and two, um, rains a lot yeah. and is surrounded by water and has had notoriously mm, sketchy plumbing. I was shocked that I could be that deep underground and and still be dry. Yeah, and then Renee opened Renee and I opened up this little door that went to a spiral staircase in the London it's like an yeah. emergency exit. Yeah. And it's this really cool old wrought iron staircase. Rusty as fuck. <laughs> I think maximum human capacity seven, maybe eight. They're not getting the whole London Underground out through that son of a bitch. Yeah, right. I was, I was actually uh, so bad. So you know, we had we had um, there were some some bombs were going off in London. The the, the Al Qaeda mob decided to have a go at London, and they uh, they blew up the tube the train behind me on the tube one day, and so the train was stopped for a while, and then it pulled into the next station, which happened to be Hampstead, which is the deepest station. Is that the on, deepest on station? The underground, yeah. So I am the dickhead who had to climb up one of those oh, freaking spiral metal. Oh, stuff. you did! And then when I got to the top, my mobile phone didn't work because the police had shut down all the mobile networks as a as a as a as a, as a, a tactic. Oh uh, my nothing. god! Nothing. I managed to squeeze myself onto a very overcrowded bus and got down into Golders Green. And then I went in a pub and ordered myself a beer and then phoned somebody to come and pick me up from a payphone. Jeez! <laughs> wow. What a joke! I, that was. I do like that. We've had a terrorist action. So let's 
turn off all the emergency communication devices. Mm-hmm. I think they do it so they can't detonate another one. Well, right? yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's 192 feet. There you go. 192 feet 192 feet down. down. Took me a while to walk up there. Yeah, like I said, I, like when we did, we looked at whatever one we were at, I figured it was, a, I figured it was 130 feet, 13 stories. Okay. That's 192. That is a son of a bitch. Yeah. yeah. It says there you go. It's the deepest lift. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, the deepest lift shaft but, on the underground. Like but the lift, the lift, old street. the lifts weren't working. No, they weren't. <laughs> no. Yeah. They shut them off. They, they shut everything off. They banks. They put you in... Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, pneumatic tubes. Pneumatic. Series of pneumatic tubes. Yeah. The other That'd thing was it, was, it was July. Oh, wow. And the, and the underground is not air conditioned. No, because it's not. It's no. fabulous Victorian engineering. Yeah. The, the trains just fit into the tunnels. So they push the air through. So why do you want air conditioning? Because oh. they keep the air through. So but your ears pop when they pull in the station. They do. They do. But <laughs> the other thing that happens in the summertime, especially if the trains aren't running as fast as they should, well, they're pushing hot air around in the summer mm-hmm. anyway. But if you get to July... And then somebody stops the trains completely. It gets fucking warm in there, yeah. I'll tell you. Oh, yeah. And then you've got yeah. to climb the 100 and however many feet And you're it? closer to hell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, it's going to be warmer. Yeah. It's geothermal. The geothermal. Wait, yeah. so nor- normally, how do you get out of there if it was like a normal Elevator. Thing? Yeah. Just yeah. an elevator? Just a lift. Yeah. 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 And no, if you're no, down, how do you know, that many people use one of their bunch of elevators? Yeah. Now, most 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 underground stations yeah. have escalators, right? But Hampstead and a couple of other really deep ones, they have just big elevators. Mm-hmm. You just uh, oh, like, come like a freight elevators. They like, kind of yeah, okay. and you yeah. just walk so on. Does, there's does, lots of them. Does the yeah. train ever come up near the surface, or is it all? Oh all yeah, no, it goes. Oh, yeah, it, does, it pops up yeah. overground in yeah. some places at the yeah, end of the lines. But that's yeah. a pretty steep. Like that's a decent. I mean, I guess it's well, over the, miles. The land, the land isn't flat either. <laughs> Hampstead's a big hill. <laughs> well, I get yeah. that, but that far underground, I mean, you think that that yeah. just you know that's yeah, it's yeah. interesting. You can't feel it really, really sub. It might not even be going down, like you said. It's a big hill, so yeah, could just be a one percent. Hey, I have more hate mail. Anyone else? Read on. Read on. What's that? Read on. Can you read a happy hate mail of no, somebody hating no. John? <laughs> no, but but Nigel came in. Nigel came in with this one earlier. John, a Patreon member, so you know, paid for the price of admission. Uh, sent you a message. Here it is. Me. Was the Johnny Mac mic check at the beginning of episode 396 just a cruel joke? <laughs> I couldn't hear him or Nigel through most of the fucking podcast. Thank God we couldn't hear John. Uh, but here's the thing. I want to know. Yeah. I want these audio guy. No, but I want them to give yeah. me time because I listen to mo- Like, I can't listen to the whole two hour podcast no, the I, whole time. I, I, I right. heard it. And actually, yeah, no. neither of them I could hear. I just wrote back to him and mic. said, it's a shame. You missed a great Sorry. fucking podcast. <laughs> 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 no, it was it was largely my fault. I sat too far back from the mic. Well, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> we set levels my fault. and stuff. Sorry. I keep riding it. But like, yeah, you, you know, did. occasionally people do this and then all of a sudden they do this and then they're way back there. No, it was entirely my fault. I put my hands up to that dude on YouTube and tried to get you off the hook. Tell him I will personally refund um, his whole yes. fee. Yeah. No, yeah. but he's a patron. No, no, no. Yeah. no I don't think I was really saying YouTube. that much. Uh, on YouTube. That I think, wasn't that the watch. one where I was asleep for most of it anyway? You might have been, yeah. yeah. Right. But he remember, the yeah. issue wasn't the money. But <laughs> for every cloud, there's a silver lining. Okay. Every rose has its thorn. <laughs> I'm going to let you know that Fox Moto Rent, God bless their souls, they have adjusted their Patreon membership from $14.50? Yeah. Canadian. Oh. 
to twenty dollars Canadian. Yeah. So fuck yeah. yeah. So take that. Well, that's because we'll we have a drink on that. We'll have a drink on Fox Moto Red. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. that's only if you can guarantee to mute out that fucker with the English accent in the future. <laughs> <laughs> I always liked Canada. I, I look again. Aren't they part of your kingdom? Something <laughs> like that. Yeah. I think, we, I, think, I think we still own them. All yeah. I know is they, they they were smart enough to make their weed federally legal. So oh, nice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. Hey, when can we get a sponsorship? by Fleshlight. I, oh, yeah. Oh, you want that Kentucky Fried hey, Chicken can I, one, uh, don't you? You seen that thing? Can I take you back to our previous dilemma? Because I might... Please do. You, you know I always like to think outside the box and come up with something different. Right. Like, let's get bikes in Dublin. I mean, hand, handy <laughs> tricks like that. Well, let's change the whole freaking scheme. Instead of going to the Isle of Man for the TT, right. let's go to Northern Ireland for the Northwest 200. Right. Right. which has recently been announced. I think it's like August, September time, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently my son might be getting married around then, but as long as that's about <laughs> the only thing that would stop me going. Um, but um, Ireland's a much bigger place. Yep. Yeah. Be much less, Island, much Ireland is a larger yeah. place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and a bunch of the writers from the LMN actually write yeah. also on the... Absolutely. It's on proper road racing. Yes. And yeah. we could go to Joey Dunlop's pub. Yep. And mm-hmm. we could go, oh, so where they're all from, all the Dunlops and whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of other interesting shit to do. The motorbike races are in the evenings, I think, generally. We could research it anyway if we, if we were up for it. And we yeah. could go and do that. So it's an idea. That is a damn good idea. Yeah. I like that. That that looks fantastic. I just did... How far I, in advance do you have to... Uh, well, it's always good, it's a good um, idea to do it anyway. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, the, I think there's a certain... There's a something about the Isle of Man. That Certain I can't. Several fairs mm, everywhere. Uh, there's something about the Isle of Man that I don't know. I don't really know if I can put a good finger on it. There's something strange. Um, we were talking about you know Kirk Michael and, and stuff and being there. There's something about if your tire is in the perfect spot <clears throat> at 168 miles per hour, you're going to hit just the edge. Of the curb. If you're not touching the curb with your tire, you're going to hit the wall on the other side in the next turn. And there's something about that crazy degree of precision in a town, in a city, in a village that's been doing this for over 100 years, you know? And there's this strange, strange thing that when you're listening to the podcast and you're, you know, you're listening to people get interviewed, have been racing this race forever. And, uh, there's something very fucking weird about it. But I said, it's not just like, we're going to motorcycle race. We're going to get fucked up, drink beer and party and no. watch the bikes go vroom, vroom, vroom. It's more like church, man. Yeah, it's respect. You yeah. go there yeah. and you just realize yeah. it's like, yep, three people died here last year. Yep. Yep. You know, five people died last year and three of them were spectators. What you mean? You mean by just fucking being here? Mm-hmm. Where Oscar and I were standing by the Raven, oh, by Bollock, by Bollock Bridge, where we were standing, the Raven. If Johnny Johnny the motorcycle driver was having a bad moment, we could have caught a sidecar rig in the face because yeah. they're at our level. You can see some of the chips on the wall. Yeah, yeah. from the Raven, yeah, the wall you're standing in front of. Yeah, and those chips are at head level, and you're like. <laughs> So if a motorcycle comes scooting in here at 103 miles per hour, goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do? Bye-bye. What's Bye-bye. your reaction time like? You've just had, you know, 
successful jump successful jump successful jump oh shit you know <laughs> there's something about that and the weird one was when we were on the bray hill yep. and oh, we were shit. in the schoolyard there's yeah. a blue fence there's this blue where are you gonna stand a blue fence and everybody in the whole fucking island knows what you're talking about really yeah yeah oh it's great it's you gotta stand weird. by you gotta go by the blue fence you gotta go by the blue fence oscar and i wander into this big ass catholic school or whatever it was and you know there's somebody there you know oh would you like you know ice cream or would you like whatever they're selling this and selling that it was cool coffee it's early bloody fucking cold or whatever and we're We're giving last rights to everybody who's standing there (laughs) and so we notice there's a tendency of people to fight for the spots that are right against the the fence fence, and you're pushing your face through the fence hole like this and i'm like that's pretty good because there's no sidewalk Mm. and then like the race officials go by yeah, because it's a three-quarter mile straight from the start-finish line <laughs> to where you are, and it's downhill. So everything's going about a thousand miles an hour when it goes past you, and aside from the fence, nothing. I mean, you could just. Do you think anybody's holding their camera out to get the better shot? No, nope. no, oh, no, no, no way is anybody holding their camera out to get a better shot. Hold You'd lose <laughs> your fucking arm. There is. We were in sem- several places. There's no sign. There's no warning that tells you you're sitting on a sharp, pointy rock that was made into a wall by the Romans or somebody else that invaded that fucking country. Now, or mostly prisoners, but you're sitting there and you're going, this seems like a great spot. I can get my selfie stick and no, no, no. I can lean in hard and get the No, no, you can't. Did I mention that three spectators died there? And went, yeah, because that's how it is. You don't want to figure out how far that guy is leaning and then I have to explain to your friends why you can't count above the number three because <laughs> you had somebody's awry fucking helmet. Your head versus an awry helmet. You're going to lose. And the guy's probably not, you're probably going to probably hurt that guy too. So there is that weird thing about the island is just like, yeah, just being there is dangerous. You know, watch, I've never seen an event where just watching the motherfucker has killed. 30 or 40 people. I see, that would add a, uh, like at Cedar Point, like maybe one out of every thousand guests should be killed. That already happens. I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. And it would be more interesting and be more thrilling. That's why the but. Germans brought, bought back the dragner, the dragster, <laughs> right? They were like, I'm like, yeah, we, we can't have this. It's too litigious. And the Germans are like, we'll take that back now. Yeah, that's good. We're ready for that. Do not wash the seats. You know what's funny is we looked up our, so our Patreons, so our Patreons, Fox Moto Rent, not too shabby. These dudes do a proper uh, motorcycle rent business. Oh, In shit. addition to listening to the world's greatest motorcycle podcast, you can, rate a pan- you can rent all kinds of kick-ass bikes. You can rent an Africa Twin. Oh, yeah. That class. You can rent an Indian FTR 1200S and a couple right. of Harleys. Uh, you can rent a Super Tenere, <laughs> Tenere 700. Nice. Come on, man. Let's see how what it costs. We, uh, Let's see what how it costs. would we be fixed to have three of them for the beginning of May, sort of dropped off in the Isle of Man? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. yeah, but it's still 250 bucks a day, man. Sorry. That's all right. Yeah, that's, what, that's the way it goes. All right. So there you go. Um, or if somebody wants to start like, you know... Um, a twisted road or, you know, uh, whatever, you know, kind of motorcycle spot. If you want to say, like, I am in the Isle of Man and I want to do a thing. I want to rent my motorcycle out. But there is something fucking cool about just being like, yeah, yeah. I made a deal with so-and-so over there. Yeah. Yeah. I do think that um, as having traveled around Europe with an American license plate before in my vehicle, 
Um, it does put you into a whole new class of invisibility to law enforcement. Yeah. Because cops are going to be like, I didn't see that. No, nope, no, nope, no, nope, didn't fucking see that. Uh, yeah, I don't, what color is Arkansas, right? <laughs> yeah, remember, they have a very, a very simple license plate system. It's really simple. Yeah. And we don't. Right. Yeah, so uh, the idea of a temporary tag in and of itself is a concept to any law enforcement official in the UK. It's fucking exotic and weird. Yeah. So your registration is made of paper. It is. For the next 44 days, it is. Yep. So what happens if you lose it? I can print out another one. <laughs> That's the law. That's it. These are the kind of freedoms we get in the United States. God damn it. Don't you wish you'd have left when you had the chance? We got a whole thing going on over here. Your number plate has to have letters and numbers that conform to, the, to those exactly laid down in the construction and use regulations. And it has to be exactly just so. Yeah. And it has to be a reflective white if you're in a car with a front number plate or a reflective yellow on the back. And it's only on the back on a motorcycle, yeah. of course. So yep. I just can't like custom plates. Like, no, no, you can. You eight one, like, like I one, two. They'll like a, sell like a vanity. Yeah. Yes, you can. But in order to do that, A, it's incredibly expensive. Yeah. And you have to basically transfer it onto the vehicle and you pay money to make that transfer as well. Oh. Um, and if you then sell the car... You have to pay money to transfer that number off and have a new number assigned to the car, or else you lose it. Yep. Wow! And when you consider that people will happily pay, say thirty thousand yep. dollars for that private plate, yep, Jeez. you don't yeah, really want to let it go. Private plates are crazy. That's insane. Do you know, I don't know why we're talking about this now because for some sick reason, I was remembering something just that just struck me as hilarious years ago. We were sitting in a bar joshing about, and one of our pals for his twenty-first. This guy was called Simon Jennings. And his, for his 21st birthday, his parents bought him the number plate SLJ2, which had obviously come off a very old car from the early days really of motor old. cars. Yeah. So they'd obviously paid a hell of a lot of money for it. Yeah. Anyway, we were sitting around in this bar just fooling around and saying like, oh, quite fancy having a personal plate. What would you have? What would you have? What would you have? And everyone, we were trying to think of funny things. And my mate just goes, I'll have SLJ1. <laughs> <laughs> How big are, you always see the pictures of the bikes over in England and the, the, the plates on the bike still are like three square feet of plate. Yeah, yeah. I, I will bring, I have on my garage wall, I have the number plate off my last Triumph 900. That I didn't, I'll bring it in for you next time oh, you'll see yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, they do the best business at the Isle of Man selling those, uh, the phony baloney TT oh, registrations. Shit, I forgot that I made those. So yeah. they have a guy right there on site with a plexiglass printer right. and uh, and and a vinyl cutter. Yeah. So you basically go in and be like, uh, Big Dick 412. Big Dick 412 <laughs> right there on a proper Isle of Man Isle plate. Man. Yeah. And it looks just like every other one on every other car there. Yeah. And it's like, for yeah. export use only, not yeah. for use on any road going <laughs> vehicle. Just nothing but disclaimers on the back of it. Yeah. But they were straight up like, what, what do you want? We don't care. This is Brilliant. leaving the island. Bring it on. Yeah. Uh, so I have um, one of our... One of our listeners and friends uh, brought by a box of 1963 scooter magazines. So cool. They're so cool. So it's called Scooter and Three Wheelers. And um, what I figured out was uh, by looking at a couple of them that they're pretty much, I think they're, I think they're kind of made, I think they're part of Lambretta. I think Innocenti, uh, I think Innocenti may have had something to do with this because it'll take advert. There's, if we want to speak, uh, Emma, we could say they'll take advertisements from anyone. Mm -hmm. But there is a preponderance 
Greetings from Lambretta and Trojan. Trojans. Trojan was the microcar that was sold by Innocenti before they did the minis, before they started but look at copying the design minis. work, man. It's so yeah. good. The, Thinking that there was no so computer. The there was no dude, computer. Yeah. Right, right. It's beautiful and the whole thing. Now, but I'm going to pass this over to Nigel <sighs> because I have questions. <laughs> well, I have one observation for you from having had a quick flick at it earlier. Yeah. And that is that there are a number of businesses advertising in there. Yeah. But you're a better man than me if you can find any of those advertisements that are not from companies based in London and its immediate suburbs. That's exactly right. It's all London area. Mm. I think but, you're but, absolutely right. I think we, I think it wouldn't take us long to figure out exactly from where this was printed. And, and I right? did notice that they had an Isetta for 250 pounds. Yeah. Yes. Which was and, like, and I do so, like... You know, it was a high-end one. Yeah. The, uh, this one that's uh, at Hammersmith, uh, in Hammersmith, it says FC Tuvian Son, very much aware of search engine optimization back then. He was the largest stockist in West London for Prima scooters and quickly mopeds. Oh. Quickly. 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 Mopeds. quickly. quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. There you go. So if you notice in there, yeah. it's, uh, they have um, scooters and, and some, some small motorcycles. And they've also got quite a number of three-wheeler cars. Oh, you yeah. can go so, sick on Bonds and Reliant Robins. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. So I don't know if you... Do you know the, the reason behind that? Do you know what the story was with that? Uh, I thought it was for licensure, wasn't it? Correct, yeah. yeah. It, it, immediately, a lot of people only had motorcycle licenses. And then you could drive a three-wheel car. It's still the case. Still a you drive a three-wheel yeah. It doesn't matter what the engine is. But it's if an it's automobile. A, if it's a three-wheel vehicle, it's classed as a motorcycle for licensing purposes. Oh. Yep. So people who had a motorbike license could, could buy a car, a three-wheel but car. a three-wheeler. Yeah. yeah. And there were huh. also in there, in the three-wheelers, there's some... Some of the old bubble cars as well, yep. which are now worth fortunes. Oh, they're absolutely. Yeah. And the fact that they've got the, you know, the Isetta, you know, the Innocenti, the Trojan, which was just an Isetta under a different badge. You know, it's really yeah, all yeah, that yeah, was. Yeah. But it is funny when you look in here. Now, what I have to ask, <laughs> what I have to ask Nigel, yeah. I'm having a bit of a problem with the pricing. Okay. They have a pickle. They have an extra, <laughs> yeah. They seem to have an extra decimal point in here. Yep. Well, well, it's not decimal. There's nothing decimal about it. No, it's nothing. It's a bit of a comma. It's an imperial monetary system. Yes, decimal. You have you have three. um, You have three uh, little. uh, (laughs) I'm glad it's fucking slowing you down. Trying to think of the correct word to use here. But the first number you've got is the number of pounds. Okay. Uh All right. Second number you've got is the number of shillings, and then the third number you've got is the number of pence. Just so oh. we we have this oh, yeah. right, pounds, okay. We know what a pound is. Yeah. Yep, and yeah. I know what pence are. Yep. Yeah, where did the shilling fit in? Right. Well, you, what you're what you're familiar with is the modern post the decimal penny. Right. Because I would like to quote just for the sake because we yep. have a number to work on. You can buy arguably one of the dumbest looking cars I've ever seen in my life. I'm going to pull it up <laughs> just so our podcast listeners and fans can know exactly what it is. Um, it's called the Scooter Car. <laughs> and, oh, shit. and that was cool. Not to be not 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 to pull any punches, but if you sneezed, <laughs> oh yeah, hard, I would drive that thing. You'd crash the fuck out of this car. True. There, this is, and by the way, it also. I've had zits that looked better than this car. Yep. <laughs> this thing is an abomination. That's a good looking car. What are you talking? When you about? look at the 1960 version. 
The 1960 version looks like a, a malformed sperm. Well, <laughs> I have to confess, I'm old enough to remember some of those things being on the road Dude, still. Really? You know, yeah. it looks like, did you ever see that musical note that you can play? Like, it's oh, like the... It looks like like if you just put a stem on it, that's the musical note. I know exactly what you're talking about. This This can only be described as tragic. Just imagine, imagine if you would... You're going to a job interview. Kind of looks like the peel. And oh it does. It looks like everything peel ever built. <laughs> this is this is what happens if peel says, I've heard of this thing called aerodynamics. <laughs> and whereas a peel will fit in an elevator, kind of square, this yeah. is a big car. Yes. Like this is not the same shape. as it, tiny it looks as a peel. Like it might be able to float. Yeah. It looks like if you hit the brakes really hard, she's going all the way yeah. over. Oh, yeah. All the way over. Or if you did oh, drive you it into whiskey water. on it. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, so but my, old, my old man told me a cracking one one afternoon. He used to walk he used to walk to the post box up at the top of the road, and on the, the main road that came around past our house, there was a slight bend and it, as it went round. So he's on there po- posting his letters one afternoon, and a, a Reliant Robin came up, the little Reliant Robin van came up the road. And it took the bend a bit too quickly and flipped over on its side. And three big lads piled out the back of it, turned it back on its wheels and jumped in and set off again. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best in Top Gear when uh, yes. Jeremy Clarkson yeah. came down just rolling the fucking thing. <laughs> Can you give me a push? All right, guys. So about our conversation yeah. regarding yeah. the currency Money. that's confusing right. me. So I'm going to read for you, as I'm fond of doing, <laughs> I'm going to read for you the article or the advertisement for the new D-Lux scooter car twin that has this lovely lady leaning against it. And again, it's this piece of shit. Okay. <laughs> Longer, lower, lovelier. The scooter car D-Lux, or probably D-Lux, seats two adults and a child. What? Comfortably, a joy to drive, and so cheap to run. The scooter car, the scooter car now makes a second family car a practical proposition. Whether shopping, taking children to school, or for weekends, here's a car that you can park in six feet that needs no extra garage. It's plastic bodied, and it's so economical to run. Right now, for a free broadsheet, I'm going to give you the price. Plastic body. 300, this is the deluxe. This is 324 cc's of mind-dropping power. Wow. Okay. This is the top of the range. 370 pounds. 19 shilling and no pence. Zero pence. Mm-hmm. Now, based on that, I know that pence in our language would be one one hundredth mm-hmm. of a dollar. Correct. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is shilling? Right. Every pound has 20 shillings in it. Wow. Boy. Yep. Wow. And, then, <laughs> and, and every shilling is made up of 12 pennies. Oh, fuck that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and it gets better because... Wait, wait. So there's five... Wait. There's there's 20 shillings. shillings. Remember, we're taxing the old memory banks now. It's a long term disease, but I'm pretty sure I'm right in saying it's 20 shillings in a pound. Well, there would have to be because this is 12 pennies in. So, so the the colloquialism for a for a a shilling was a bob. I remember, like a ten bob note is like half a pound. Ten shillings, a ten. ten, It's half a pound. The money. This is so long ago. Money was so much more valuable then. You had a pound note, but you also had a half a pound note, a ten ten shilling note. But also because the money had been in circulation for so, the system had been going for so long. Like a shilling used to be worth a lot of money, and a a two shilling. You said there's twenty shillings per pound. Per pound. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. 
But that would have bought you quite a lot back back in the day. So there's but 240 also, pence. Pence. Per pound. Yeah. Per pound. Uh, I don't know. My maths isn't that good. Well, I mean, suppose so there is. Yes, yeah, there's 20 times 12, right? Well, it gets right. better than that as well because right. we also had halfpennies or half pennies as well. Oh, and we had threepennies or three pennies. A threepenny was this funny, like about a nine-sided coin. It's a famous thing in fo- in football or soccer, as you know, where people when he, when he heads goes to head the ball and it goes off at a stupid angle, say mm. got a head like a threepenny bit. And <laughs> but um, so they they also we used to have um, there were farthings a long time ago. That was my next question. So a fa- now this I've is heard this, of that. this I've predates heard of me by a long way. I, I've never I was dead. I was they were they died out before I was ever born. Mm-hmm. But the the famous old bicycle that you were talking about before with penny the big wheels and the little yeah, penny, penny farthing because yeah, right. the penny was the old penny was quite a large coin. The new pennies are tiny. Um, the other oh, another shit that's because the, the wheels and the oh wow I never got that yeah penny right. farthing yeah, yeah. penny farthing yeah, yeah. But um, another thing that's weird about it when you see it written down there Phil when yeah. the, if they're referencing pennies yeah like nowadays the, the symbol for a penny if something was ten pence you'd write mm-hmm. it down as ten p, p. makes right. sense doesn't it right oh no in that case it was ten d don't ask me why <whistles> lowercase d oh. Mm. No surprise now. Bizarre. We had such an easy fucking time beating you guys. Uh, <laughs> so so ima- imagine what fun it was. when You guys were all trying to figure out your paycheck, and we sank your Navy. <laughs> no, you didn't have a chance because everybody was shit us at maths because you had to be yeah. so That's yeah. how we could calculate anything. We the metric but, system, and what, what happened with the courtesy? I mean, what, what, that makes no, no sense. No, 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 no. We didn't have the metric system at all. No, we, dude. Everything was the imperial. The imperial we invented, oh, we invented yeah, the imperial. Right. Yeah. It was those 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 foreign Johnnies on the other side of the water that that use this metric crap. What about weight? What about weight? Weight. Stone. Um, Well, well, I I still weigh myself in different units to you. I weigh myself in stone. Stone. How many many American pounds is a stone? You mean kilograms? The pound is the same. An imperial pound is the same as an American pound. It's 14. And there's 14 of them in a stone. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. so just for fun then. What about distance? Like <laughs> in the magazine miles. from 1963, to fuck your world up a little I bit more, this, yeah. for the three wheeler driver who wants to keep his six pences and shillings handy for parking there meters, you are. there is the Turner Meter Bank key ring attachment. Oh. And it literally does say a variety of finishes at three shilling nine pence, but it says 9D. Ah, there you go. So he thought I was making this shit. I I, I did, (laughs) but I wanted to ask you about it because seriously, looking at this, it was impossible for me to determine the value of things, knowing that in the form. I look. I lived in Africa where the smallest unit wasn't a penny; it was a malim. It was one one thousandth of a denara. So a piece of currency that floated, a coin that floated, um, (laughs) that gives you an idea of how invested they were. How much was that again? What that was nineteen. This is nineteen sixty-three. That. That vehicle, oh, the, car. the car. Well, the car was, was three hundred and ninety-six pounds or something. Yeah, yeah. The, that car. I'm sorry. That car is three hundred and seventy pounds. Three hundred seventy pounds. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, which in depending the, in 1963 pounds, it would probably have been about about four dollars yeah, to the pound in those days. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It yeah. was a it lot. It was pretty high then. Yeah. 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 That's just shocking to me. And yeah. you know, when we you know getting an archival item like this, that's hilarious. That was probably distributed free. No, it was. Uh, Subscription? One shilling. shilling. Yeah. yeah. So one it has shilling. something that looks like the one got very excited. Yes. Um, it's one with a bit of an apostrophe after it. 
and that's one shilling. Because at so first I was like, one I, pound. And I was like, no, this can't be one pound. If you said to me, so you get write, 20 of write, those down, for a pound. write down one shilling for me. I, right. couldn't, I couldn't have done that for you. So I, long I, ago, I, I'd forgotten I, it. I, yeah. just it's a semicolon. So yeah. Upside down. Yeah. is uh, a fraction of a pence. I'm sorry? A farthing? A farthing is, is a fraction of a penny, yeah. It's like about a farthing. I don't, I honestly, it predates me, but it's about a quarter of a penny or something like that, I think. The whole idea, though, of a pence being, you know, 12 to 12 to the shilling yeah, yeah. and the shilling being 20 to the pound just being like oh a pence is one two hundred and fortieth of a pound that's, well that's, that's a nice just the germans, that's a nice square no, well, number to base no, everything yeah. the germans would not like that no Every, everything everything was in fractions and i remember it, <laughs> it didn't convert nicely no i'm and it sure was, it doesn't it was a, it was a an, an incredible opportunity for people to ramp up inflation hugely when they yeah. priced goods that have been in imperial yeah. money to metricated money yeah and a lot of coins had dual purpose so, for example, a shilling was 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 could be traded for the same amount as the new five pence piece. Oh shit! So, and if you just do the, it doesn't actually quite equate. No, it's a, it's it a doesn't. Real, it's There's a, a real sloppy fix. in there. Yeah, yeah. 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 And rem- somewhere or other, I've got a um, I've got a little selection pack of brand new currency from mm-hmm. when it first came out. We yeah. were. You, we were bought this as a special gift as right, kids. because you have the new my, currency. My grandmother, who was quite an elderly lady in the early 70s, couldn't get her head round new right. money at all. Poor lady, she was completely screwed with it. It's, we have those mint sets. And, and you guys yeah, were completely and proof screwed sets. with the euro too, so... Oh, no, we never went with the they euro. They never did no. the euro. No. One never. of the wisest decisions yeah. ever. I like, I like Scotland today is very much... Scotland is like, well, we got out of... We got, we went along with the Brexit thing because, but, but then they changed the rules. <laughs> and so right now, Scotland is sitting there going, we want independence now. They're literally, they've, they have, they signed a contract and like six months after they signed the contract, everything they agreed to in the contract was now null and void hmm. by the people they signed the contract to. And it is the craziest thing due to up. Brexit, you know, due to Brexit, it's made the Scottish people have a real problem with representation. And it's well, the, 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 it's a big subject. There's the it mid, is. It's massive. There's, there's the famous Midlothian question, which is why are there members of Parliament in Scotland right. who can who represent Scottish constituencies and can vote on Scottish issues, and mm-hmm. only they can vote on Scottish issues, but they can also sit in Westminster and vote on issues affecting England. Right. Yep. But exactly. English MPs can't vote on issues. They can't in vote Scotland. on Scottish issues, right. yeah. and and so as the average huh. English taxpayer, you think, what the fuck, guys? I mean, we keeping those bastards afloat anyway. So. I, I, I keep on uh, when I was looking at airfare and everything else. I kept forgetting about the whole Northern Ireland thing, and I did because yeah. living here, we don't face it every single day. Yeah. Because of course, when you know, when one of us says, "Well, we're flying into that that airport," where's that airport? It's in Ireland. Hmm. <laughs> Really, <laughs> it's like, oh shit, <laughs> I forgot. It's a different country. Yeah. It's yeah. a totally different country. But it's, yeah. That's one. That's yeah. one of the downsides to the Brexit thing because they've mm-hmm. done a really nice job, and it's it is yeah. pretty cool in Europe. Any the way yeah. you can just basically drive straight through right. borders without oh, even yeah. slowing yeah. down, right. and they yeah. they managed to get that in Ireland. But now with Brexit, all that's apparently got a bit screwed yeah. up, and it's yeah. it is a bit difficult, and also. The, like the Scots, for example, you were saying about, mm-hmm. they'd done a really nice job in terms of using the uh, the European Union, the positive benefits. So like the like you go to in England, all the roads are 
pothole to hell. Mm-hmm. You go to Spain and the roads are like like uh, billiard tables. Yeah. They're fantastic. Perfectly blessed. Yeah. Absolutely magic. All paid for by the European That's Union. That's right. Yeah. So that, yeah. And the Scots were getting all sorts of nice roads and things right. done. They were doing it well. Yeah. And now all that's kind of drying up. So. You know, um, I happened to live in Germany before the wall came down. Mm-hmm. When if you wanted to go to like, I don't know, Czechoslovakia, or if you wanted to go to a country that you could see from there, you might have to go through two or three checkpoints. Mm-hmm. And they would straight up have a barricade and it would be hilarious. You'd be in some, you know, alpine town. You'd be going along on your motorcycle or your car and you'd find a fucking checkpoint that looked like it was from Hogan's Heroes. <laughs> and yeah. some very dapper looking gentleman would come out in a fun hat with a feather in it. And he'd say citizenship and I'd say American. And he'd say, um, you know, do, do you have your papers? And I'd hold up my army ID card because... That's the best thing in the world, right? You know, and I'd hold that some bitch up, and the guy, the old man, would go, "Oh, okay," and he he'd manually raise the barricade, and then I was like, "I'm in Trier," you know, like you traveled country to country, but you did have to stop, and sometimes you'd have to stop and look at a visa, or sometimes you'd have to stop and and do things, and so after that stopped being that way in 1989, it was hilariously easy. It was it was fun. But I think there were a bunch of unemployed gate guards. I think there was a ton of people that had lost their jobs due to that. It was a riot. Uh-oh, what you got there? Yeah. Penny farthing. Penny farthing for sure. I saw that advertisement. He's like, scooters, and it says, not this kind. Yeah. So like, even back then, they were playing on the whole, it's not a damn moped thing. Oh, jeez, yeah. yeah. But at least they didn't have to worry about the Stasi farthing. beating them down and dragging them away and cutting their fucking balls off. Hey, hey, hey. I've I never, not ever, never do you once had a problem crossing a border in Europe, you know, even before. You know, it was very chill in 86, 87. Because your attitude wasn't so bad back then. (laughs) Full circle. Nice. Hey! (laughs) So it was quite interesting. This this magazine's from 1963. Mm -hmm. And so just 20 years, they're advertising here that they've got these three-wheeler cars made by a company called Messerschmitt. Yeah. 20 (laughs) years previously, if you seen a Messerschmitt, you'd have been driving under the... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, they sounded different. Yes. That's not funny. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that is one of the ultimate, uh, that is one of the absolute ultimate desirable cars for yeah. anybody who's in the scooter community, anybody who's in the microcar community, is the Messerschmitt Kabinen Roller. Okay. And I'll give you a chance to say that again because it's roller. fucking awesome. Cabinen roller, which it means it's a cabin, like a motorcycle, like an airplane cabin on an airplane fuselage, but it's a cabin roller. So roller in, in Europe means motorcycle or scooter, right? So uh, motor roller is motor scooter. Cabinen roller is motor scooter with extras. That's pretty cool. And wow. what's, what makes this thing so fucking amazing is keep in mind, this country was trying to blow up, invade, and own the rest of the planet. <laughs> Just 11 years earlier, okay? Just 11 goddamn years earlier. And due to things that happened after World War II, where we and other people made sure that these people didn't launch a shot in anger at anybody else ever again, they were not... We moved them to South America. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, they relocated on their own. Yeah, they did. But the point being, Messerschmitt went from being weapons of war and annihilation and everything else to being this 
Well, they they were allowed yeah. to come out finally. The car <laughs> that would be, you know, cousin it oh, in yeah. the Adams family drove a Messerschmitt Kabinen roller. Yeah, like this oh, is shit. the car equivalent of the universal punchline. If you ever need to send a particular message about somebody, you use this particular car. But you know what? That the top of that car yeah. looks exactly like. Do you remember the Ed Roth model with yeah. the German helmet oh, yeah. or whatever? It yeah. looks exactly oh, yeah. like. That. Well, yeah. I mean, come on. I seem to remember those. Had, a lot of those had a rag top back in the day as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And the BMW one, the whole front of it. Now that's yeah. what yeah. we're going to talk Zeta. about next, yeah. right? Yeah. Zeta. So the BMW Isetta has come. It came in a few different flavors. Now um, is it? Do you, that's when you, it. When you that's say it. with the Z, is that because that's the way you say it in Germany? Or? I said it. It's just, it's just how you say it. Okay. I said it. Yeah. I said it. Some had one wheel. Yeah. Some had two wheels. In the yes. Back. And so that's how oh. you how to like know your Isetta, right? Too far away. Yeah. yeah. Knowing your Isetta is a is a big deal. So too close. Yeah. in Germany, it's the Germans. It'll never it'll never stop being funny. So in in Germany. If you are a keen observer of small BMW cars, and I'm going to remind you guys, this is the country, this, is, this car is the flagship for Bavarian Bayerisch Motorwerk, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, come that on, man. It looks like it likes to be peed on. <laughs> this is another... <laughs> wow. This is another car. This is absolutely... This is another car that seriously... <laughs> came from a company that built weapons of murder and mass destruction. Okay, so they built that car. It went from BMW airplanes to going, right? If you symbol is supposed thing, to be a propeller. They right. Meet, but you look at this. This is the limousine. I Ooh, shit yeah, you know. This is the limousine. You're going to notice one thing that's missing on the side of this limousine. Door. Door. Doors. Because to get to the back of this vehicle, guess what you have to do? The front. You have to go in through the front. Yeah. Right? So that's how it works. That's a modern interpretation of it. But yes, the front end of a BMW Isetta opens. But what's fun about the BMW yeah, the opening is the steering yeah, wheel goes out there with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Getting in and out of a... BMW Isetta is like a woman going to her OBGYN. <laughs> it ain't fucking pretty. And the gear shifts over here. There too. is no. The there is absolutely the, and you're, the, the gear shifts by your left thigh. But yeah. at least, at least, as a yeah. man driving one of those, you couldn't be accused of being a backdoor merchant. No, could you. you? <laughs> <laughs> no, these. I restored one of these for a guy years and years yeah. and years ago. And uh, one, it is amazing how much money people will pour into these. Mm-hmm. Now, talking about four wheels, four wheels versus three wheels. So every BMW Isetta we've seen a picture of so far has been what? Four wheels, right? Mm-hmm. So every BMW we've seen so far is four wheels. But wait, they did make them with three wheels. And the reason they made them for three wheels is exactly what you're talking about earlier. Taking a wheel off the back now means you can drive it without a special endorsement. So now you can drive it with a lower level of license or no license, and level of insurance goes down dramatically. So a four-wheeled BMW, four-wheeled Isetta, parts of the world that have motorcycle license or cars, you have to have a car license to drive it. Three-wheeled Isetta, it's a, uh, what do they call it? It's a loophole. It's a loophole finder. Why wouldn't they have put, like, you know, a wide car tire on the back? Like, you know, didn't need to. 
just tub it out. Steve, Steve, seven hearspers. Yeah, wouldn't have the pass it. So that one wasn't easy. It had half a BMW, like yeah. It's always like an R26 motor. Yeah, it's it is remarkably. Can I just comment though that lest we get too carried away with laughing at the state the Germans were in at that time, they only had 800 pounds of steel left. My my country folk, you couldn't actually buy a car in England. Well, they were on special allocation because everything had to be exported. Because at the end of the Second World War, Britain was in such a freaking mess. Yeah. They had to export or die. Right. I've seen photographs of Manchester docks with lines and lines of Nash Metropolitan cars lined up there, and 100% of them were going on ships to come over here. Huh. They had to export them. You couldn't, couldn't, they wouldn't allow you to buy one in the UK. They had now, to export was them. the Nash made in the UK? Yes. Was that built in the yep. UK? Yep. Yeah. It was a particularly yeah. crappy car, but it was, I think it was, I'm not sure if it, where it, where it was designed, but the, the, that Metropolitan was built in Britain for American, oh, that, yeah. Yeah, that dude, the, the yeah. one tank trip guy. Yeah, Neil, 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 yeah, Zerker. Neil Zerker's one tank trip, but, but I'm going to tell you. offset the Lend Lease Act. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. BMW made the Isetta, but they also made the 507. Right. And yes. the 507 Fantastic. is one of the most beautiful cars yes. ever made. Yes. Here's a little interesting story. An interesting story from my past. 1957, 1957, my father was, you know, 17 years old and liked street rods and, and was a big, big greaser <laughs> asshole. Look at the flamed out one. Uh, yeah. So, so my dad, Jeez. my dad's never been less than six foot four and 350 pounds ever. Like that was his, that was high school, right? Now imagine my father. Did I did I tell you how big he was? It's pretty easy, right? So um, if no, you could didn't. imagine how big my dad is, and then my mom, she's no dainty flower, and so my dad had a turquoise and white 1957 Nash Metropolitan. Oh no! With the Continental kit on the back, and a 265 pound wife, six foot one, and a Saint Bernard. And a St. Bernard. Oh my God. And my neighbor tells stories about they used to stand around outside and wait until my mom, dad, and St. Bernard had to get out of the car. (laughs) And that it was a big deal. And then uh, after he had the 57, I think he, I think after 57, he bought the, the, they were all soft tops. All the ones he had were soft top. And he got a 61. That was yellow and white. So we got a yellow and white 61 after he had the 57, which was turquoise and white. Now, this from a man who's, by any definition of a bear of a man, who had a 50 Merc and had all these amazing giant American muscle cars, had a 66 Dodge Charger, the whole thing. And I said, what was going through your fucking head (laughs) when you got into your fucking weird thing with, like, the Nash? Like, when you got into the whole Nash thing, you were already, like, he's like, it was a weird little car. You could buy it for about $300 because five years old, they had no value. Once this thing was five or six years old, it had no fucking value. He says for running around town and just, you know, running errands and groceries and shit, it's a great little car. And I'm like, but you can't fit in it. Right. (laughs) Look at me today. You guys ever see me drive to work? <laughs> I get out of cars that are smaller than my pants, right? The midget? Yes. Too? I, <laughs> the midget. Look, apparently, yeah. 
even though I do not have I do not have any genetic attachment to my father who did two Nash Metropolitans, but in fact, it did carry through. Yeah, nurture is better than nature, as it turns out. I never. Why would anybody think that I would be interested in little tiny cars from other countries? Turns out, yep, Apple doesn't far far fall far from that tree. And so just as just as BMW were building that fabulous 507, 507 at the same time BMW. they were building those little things. Yeah. In 1961, whilst they were making Nash Metropolitans down in Coventry, Jaguar were making this thing called an E-Type. I know. So. Yeah. Oh, they eat, yeah. yeah, it is a really, I mean, when you consider some of that stuff, when you consider... That's what the Z8 was meant to be, right? A reissue yes, of that. Yeah, yes, it yeah. was. Right, that, yeah, was yeah. What it was. that was the intention. Yeah. My boss at the recording studio I worked at bought it when it came out, and I got like the, I got to watch it delivered. Yeah. And we were, it was, that car was beautiful. It is man. so that funny Z8 when you consider, fucking. that's why, I mean, this is a fun like appreciation of England type day, but it is hilarious when you look at some of the amazing things, as far as the needle can swing to the left, it can also swing to the right. And there's been some great things, and there's been some it's absolute, absolute fucking, fucking trash, man. Um, oh. There was a, there's a particular museum that we went to um, in the industrial district in the Isle of Man. Big, giant, ridiculous, ridiculous museum. Yeah. And actually has like a B-17 engine there that's a cutaway. It's one of the best cutaways oh, I've shit, ever yeah. seen in my life. And you can press a button... And a very small electric motor will take this 16-cylinder radial engine through its stroke and everything. And you can sit there and watch all the valves open and close. It's fucking amazing. I shot a three-minute video mesmerized of just this thing just running. And this particular museum, it's as though somebody says, we've got a 167,000-square-foot building. I would like everyone on the island to bring your shit. (laughs) <laughs> and it is it is bring your shit there's a hot rod peel there with a 500 cc two-stroke engine in it with like cheater slicks and everything else on it it's crazy what's in that museum there's a station wagon with no less than 16 doors there's weird winnebagos there's weird rvs there's half airplanes turned into cars and everything else it's <laughs> it was one of the most epic museums i've ever been to where you walk into this thing and you're like this is going to be a trip and then you're three hours into it and you're like, I wasn't prepared. I was not prepared for this because that whole island has a certain affinity for motorsport. And apparently, you said the end of Suzuki and MotoGP, they're crushing motorcycles. Mm -hmm. I think that 98% of those motorcycles end up at the Isle of Man because I did not (laughs) realize that one place that's, you know, 37 miles around could have 47 motorcycle museums. Apparently, a race motorcycle never left that fucking island because you go into one motorcycle museum and you're like, oh, my God, that's Michael Dunlop's first bike. You go into another motorcycle museum. That's Joey Dunlop's first bike. And what do you got in this one? Oh, that's all the other Dunlop's first bike. And what do you got here? Oh, this is uh, this is Mike Hellwood's 37th bike. They're everywhere. I don't know if there's a rule that once you ship something out of the Isle of Man, you're not allowed to ship it off, or if they have particularly tough customs rules regarding exit of the island. Oh, so I see you brought your BMW race team. You won't be leaving with all of it, right? Yeah, you can't export that. I believe it has some Manx dirt on it. Hotel California. Yeah, well, it's the whole idea, I think, of that idea of making your island a uh, bastion of racing, where you're okay, you convince everybody that lives in your city that... 
People going by at 168 miles an hour is okay. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to go to get your mailbox, there's certain hours of the day you can't do that. <laughs> right? Yeah. I wish they'd do that in a city like Lakewood. I why I would support that. Well, yes. Um, How about the Metro Park where you'd have well, the greatest it, TT course ever? Oh, my God. Well, that you, would be, yeah, yeah. You can't change anything on your front lawn or anything because that's a marker for someone driving by. That Oh, I remember there's like a little pigeon little thingy <laughs> here in the corner. You can't move anything because someone uses that for not killing themselves. <laughs> and I don't see why a city in this country doesn't do something like that because, I mean, imagine how much revenue that would bring into, like... Because we have different litigation here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. Some lady that was like... Sue the crap out of yeah, everything. Yeah. I, I, I have emotional distress because I heard the motorcycle go by. Like, you know, that would be a viable case. <laughs> so, um, not many people might know this, but uh, here in Ohio, we have an island. Well, we have yeah. a couple. And one of our island, one of our islands is called Put in Bay. It's a very uh, complicated name. It means that it was put in the bay, and uh, that's the name of the island, and that's what it means. And if uh, you want to get any sexually transmitted disease, go there in the <laughs> summer. <laughs> isn't well, it, isn't the island actually technically known as South Bass, and Put yes. in Bay is the town. That's the town in South Bass Island. Yep, exactly. And there's North Bass, Middle Bass, and South Bass. I'm a pedantic. It's okay. (laughs) Yep. And Putin Bay is the term. And it's not like it's competing with any other towns, by the way. No. (laughs) It's the town, isn't it? It's just the island. Because the the dimensions of the city of Putin Bay, the town of Putin Bay, are the dimensions of the island (laughs) as well. So if you live on the island, you are a resident of Putin Bay. Okay. Which is conveniently located on Middle Bass Island. Which is funny that so many people are just like, oh, well, I've got, you know, I've got a place on South Bass, I've got a place on Middle Bass, I've got a place on North Bass. For people who live there, they always make sure to remind you that they live on Middle Bass Island. For people who go drinking, it's Putin Bay. <laughs> That's how you can tell. And Peely's way better. Well, Peely's Canada. Yeah. And it's bigger. So, uh, but this is what's funny. If you have a automobile... Prior to the year 1973, that has a no bigger than three liter engine, mm. you can race in a on the streets on the city roads, Putin Bay road race. So they used to do road racing on Putin Bay, yeah, uh, on Middle Bass. My E3 would be perfect for that as long as it's pre 73, baby. It is, yeah. So if it's pre 73 and it's less than three liters, guess what? There's a race you can participate in. And I got to say, I think that's cool. I mean, I think that's just really, really neat. I'm thinking BMW and Isetta. That would qualify. Would <laughs> that's a great idea. Yeah. yeah and I've... so we have, you know, we joke about like Isle of Man. Well, you have to take a ferry to get to ours too. It also has an airport. Not too many planes land at it. It has a road race it's now. Got, it's got camping. It has camping. That's right. You might and, eat. and it's not $612 a night. No, it's not. <laughs> so the beers are really cheap, too. That's so. true, too. Yeah. So are most of the ladies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> most or all. Yeah, right. So I was, I mean, I was thinking, I was like, oh, that'd be great. So I do, I'm absolutely dead serious. I was like, man, I think, I think we got to go back. I think, I think we should take a look. And so it is true. They did run the races. 1952 to 1959, and then they ran it again one time in 1963. Oh. It was one of the only two places in the United States where public roads were closed and lined with bales of hay to make an actual race car circuit. 
It's fucking great. Yeah. You know, and for most people who don't know about it, that's really great. But you want to talk about hilarious stuff. Oh, um, no. Yeah. How can this be a bad day? So uh, the road race course is a 1.2 mile circuit. So, and a lot of it is straight. So you're going like to get some speeds. Made of snake. It does like look like a kid <laughs> made a snake. <laughs> so I, the whole idea of it, the whole concept of it, it's great. You know, we're going to have actual road racing, closed circuit on regular roads, on hey, roads that are... You know, as street. in like this coming year? Yep. As in this, as in this coming year. Sick. Yep. So these are the images from 2022. Right. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. So there's like straight up open wheel race cars and stuff. Yes, there are. Where's Nick when you need him? Yeah, yeah no shit. <laughs> but isn't it something of a, like a procession type race? It's not proper race, is it? Looks like they're racing. It's one of the. Yeah. You know how the hill climb's not really a race. Okay, it's like that, is it? Yeah. Okay, you right. know how the hill climb's not technically a race? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yet <Lush>. people die? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. People <laughs> Yeah. Um, I, I have a feeling this is the same way. You know how the parade lap at Mid-Ohio is not really a race? <laughs> yeah. Okay. 128 in the back straight. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> it's not really a race. No, but uh, this is, you know, it's uh, exposition. Mm. But they do advertise it, sports car races. You know, that's what oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. So it's legit, and you get to see some really cool old cars. I got to go to what? What date is this? It's usually the end of September. Damn. September 20th. Yeah, that's usually the podcast. Third or, third or fourth weekend. Yeah, third or fourth weekend. Yeah. yeah. Like and here's it. a tip yeah. for you guys a little tip from Yankee Phil. If you're going to jump on the Miller Ferry, you're going to jump on the boat to go over there. Keep in mind that uh, bicycles are six bucks, um, motorcycles are three. 36 bucks and mopeds are i think six bucks maybe nine well, you bucks you can fill your back of your pickup truck with everything you want and yeah but, but the point is at this one point i assure you when i'm doing this my vespa 300 is a damn moped yeah because <laughs> it's costing me one quarter as much yeah. to get that fucking vespa 300 across um yeah which is just the moped yeah just the moped uh-huh. yeah just me and the moped here that's it yeah, and, we, uh, we, uh, we uh, my my pal came across from the lad from Stoke came across a few years ago. We rode round Lake <laughs> Erie, and as we came back round, we went we went over onto Putin Bay and stayed the night. Took took the bikes over on mm-hmm. the ferry. It was, yeah. it was pretty cool. Thomas. It is cool. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. So I'm I think that I don't think they're open to the idea of us turning it into a uh, a scooter class or even a sub three hundred class, which I think would be perfect. Okay. I mean, a sub three hundred class. But the second you start saying two wheels, people get real squishy about yeah. stuff. Hey, people about, do not like the idea of two wheels in racing. Don't let these dudes race with like a half helmet from Kmart. But if you have two wheels, you're like, we need full leathers, full Oh, boots. yeah. Yeah. And half of these cars that are going on the racetrack have like split rims. <laughs> right. And like leather brakes. An active yeah. fuel leak. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that's just pass-through lubrication. That's true. <laughs> scrub, scrub brake on the tire. Scrub brake. <laughs> <laughs> the little rascals had shit that was more technically advanced than this shit. And it is so... If, yeah. they, if they like small capacity motorcycles and mopeds and stuff, maybe right. we should turn up on scooters in fishtail parkers and chrome helmets and lots of mirrors and turn it into a mod event. That the idea, the, the Isle of Might it. be something someday? Yeah, so, it's the Isle of Might. I mean, yeah. the Isle of White. It's the Isle of White people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The uh, Isle of Man used to have a banging scooter rally. So the Isle of Man for years and years and years had an amazing scooter rally. And when we were there... We were kind of like, you know, Oscar and I are anywhere. We're going to be like, Vespa, you're going to see a Vespa, you're going to see a Vespa, you're going to see a Vespa. <laughs> and like, we didn't see a fucking Vespa for many, 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 many days. 
We also didn't see a cat with no tail for a long, long time. But we did eventually stumble onto like a Vespa and a Lambretta parked next to each other. Cats, dogs, safety and numbers, numbers, right? (laughs) And they were both full on fucking mod bikes. And it was. uh, What does it cost to rent scooters over there? Not an option. I did not see a single place at all where you could uh, you could rent a scooter. You run golf carts, I think. Yeah, and you can rent bikes. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So here's a. I can't show the video because I guess they're still doing a scooter rally at the Isle of Man. I did not know that. Yeah. But there, there definitely was one that ran on uh, 2022. There was a scooter rally that did happen at the Isle of Man. So it just shows I'm out of touch. But uh, yeah. You're out of touch. Not a big surprise. I've been a little busy. Yeah. But that's about what you can expect. I have a friend in England who's mad about scooters and goes to all these rallies and stuff. I'll see if I can word him up and find out about that. I, uh, let's see this. Uh, Isle of Wight is 24th of August. This one doesn't list uh, Isle of Man for the, for the rally schedule. Yep. So that's Scarborough, that's Weston. Yeah, Scarborough's early. Weston Supermare. That's where Scootering Magazine was started. Oh where, yeah. Where it headquartered out of Kelso, Scotland. Big Seven, Kent. Aberystwyth. Is that what that Ab- is? Aberystwyth. Really? Oh, it yeah, is. It's in, it's in the middle of Central Wales. as a university. There you go. Yeah. And then Isla White and that. Am I seeing Woolcombe? Woolacombe, oh. Devon? Yeah. I'm not sure. How you I, yeah. It's wool a comb. Speaking of wool. Woolacombe. Is Wales a different country? Yes. Like Scotland Are they different is. people? Yes. They even have their own language. They do. Fucking bastards. Clandon, no. Welsh. It's down there as well. So I, uh, every year you guys know that we have an event at my house. It's called the Sheepening. <laughs> sheepening. It's the Sheepening. We all get lubed up. We get we get seriously lubed up, and we go out in the garage, and we spread some sheep around. Yeah. And by sheep, I mean fucking fluid film. And we turn a concrete floor in my garage into an all skate. <laughs> it was good. If you if you step off the lightly garbage picked carpets that have been in there for about six years now, we have garbage. We have carpets on the floor under the lift under the height on the sh- under the car lift. Which is the only reason that you are upright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the carpets. The carpets. Yeah. Because if you step one foot off the fucking carpet, yeah. you're on your ass. Yeah. Because the floor in my garage <laughs> turns into a substance slicker than any NHL hockey rink. Yeah. It's fantastic how slippery it gets. But then what you realize is you're like, okay, well, this product is completely not toxic, right? There's nothing about this product that you couldn't very easily eat, right? There's fluid film, a.k.a. if you're British... Wool wax, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this stuff has been around forever. It has been around a very, very long time. What is it, it lanolin? Yes, it is lanolin. Thank you very much. Um, for the British listeners, it's called wool wax. Stops rust. Hmm. And it is lanolin. It's what happens when you hold on to your sheep a little too tightly, <laughs> right? Uh, you will, if, you, if you're trying, if that, if, if, if that lamb is trying to get over the fence yeah. and you're like, no, come back. So was John trying to extract it from that sheep the other day? Yes, exactly. That's why, that's why you wear the wellies. You can put their back feet in the front of your wellies and they can't get away. So 
The now I understand. This <laughs> who's the one wearing wellies all the time? Uh-huh. Yeah, I think we know why. Yeah, put your hose right here, buddy. That's why you're asking before about <laughs> Sorry, whales. I'm not, I'm not ready for my annual review yet. Hey. <laughs> Wales is the place where men are men and sheep are scared. Yes. <laughs> so the idea is for a very, very long time, people have discovered that the outside of sheep is good at keeping sheep dry. Yep. Okay, so the stuff on the outside of the sheep means that the inside of the sheep stays pretty fucking dry. And uh, it turns out when you're making a sweater, I happen to be wearing a wool one right now, that um, you get oil mm-hmm. out of it and uh, lanolin. And so people pay top dollar for that shit to keep their hands nice and soft. Have your hands ever been this soft? No, nope. oh, I was talking nope. about that. No, nope. I went home thinking like, oh, you're going to get it tonight. <laughs> 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 Yep. (laughs) So uh, I did six cars yesterday. So we did six cars. You know, we drive into my garage. We put them up on the lift. They go up on the lift. I've got a a high pressure sprayer, and we got a low pressure sprayer with the little crevice thing, the little crevice noodle on it. So one person (laughs) does. One person, Renee, normally helps me out. Renee will do the little crevices. And at the bottom of all your car doors, you don't know this if you didn't look up real close, but the bottom of your car doors, there's like one, two, three little splits or little um, holes. holes. They're drain holes, right? And uh, what is good for a gazauda is also great for a gazinda. And so you just take the noodle and you put the noodle in the little hole, right? Yeah. You put the noodle in the little hole and you, you pull the trigger. And that little wand... That's great. Yeah. And so, Except for when she misses the door and squirts me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, can you hold the door for me? I'm like, okay. <laughs> I literally look down and I see this hose. I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> you got bukkake. Yeah. <laughs> now you know what it feels like. <laughs> Renee was like, take that, bitch. Yeah, bitch. Knew. <laughs> yeah. Hey, my first rodeo, son. <laughs> Renee's like, revenge. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> for every time somebody said yeah. <laughs> I promise uh, but what's hilarious is Renee's car is a 2013 mm-hmm. now keep in mind Cleveland is where we don't import salt here we don't have to mm-hmm. we have a lake domestic production yeah well, we live on top of salt exactly so what people don't realize we were talking earlier about you know pretty deep behind uh underneath your subway terminals. Mm -hmm. But our lake has salt mines that go down miles, literally miles, and go over miles. And we've been pulling salt out from under our city for an extremely long time. It's going to suck when they collapse. Yeah, right. I don't think that's going to happen. So they said that they had to shut down one whole... Yeah. Yeah. One whole thing because it was... Water was leaking from the... You'll have that. Yeah. That's One day the whole lake's just gonna go, <laughs> yeah. and all of a sudden we're gonna have a saltwater lake. Tsunami. Then buy that land really quick. Yeah. Baby, Enjoy it. Yeah, the second that, when it's still wet, yeah. buy it. Uh, but it, it's fantastic how fast a car rusts out here, especially if you have a car that's like a Dodge or, or a Ford or like a Chevy or like a Toyota or a Nissan or Hyundai or a Datsun <laughs> or Mercedes or BMW. Fuck, you can't win, man. If it's got four wheels, unless it's a UPS truck, it's going right. That's it. So you know they're designed to rust out, so you can buy a new one every six or seven years. Well, this shit is magical. So Renee's vehicle has 
been hit every year since it was new, right? And you go underneath her Honda Fit, and not only does it look like brand new under there, like a brand new car, keep in mind, it doesn't go, it doesn't live in the garage. It lives outside. Um, my truck's, my van is my official vehicle for getting into the Chautauqua region of New York, where it's Blizzard City all the time, and they treat salt the same way we do. So if you like to go skiing at Holiday Valley and that's your ski wagon, that's the vehicle used to do it, you're going to pick up some salt. And it's remarkable how good these things work. So this is a tip from Cleveland Moto to you. If you are going to be riding your motorcycle in coastal regions or in England, which is all a coastal region as far as I'm fucking concerned, anywhere there's a bunch of salt on the roads, get yourself some fluid film. If you're in the UK, get some wool wax. If not, grab a sheep, rub it on the bottom of your scooter, grab it on the bottom of your motorcycle, because this stuff is epic at keeping rust away. It's crazy how good it works, even on stuff that you accidentally spray it on, like Steve. Yeah. Uh, But you know what? (laughs) Look how well preserved he is. No, my beard has never felt softer. It took me 30 minutes, high pressure, in the shower, high temperature, multiple solvents. To the point where I could get water to stick to my head. Yeah, you're waterproof when you're done. Yeah, it's crazy. It is it's nuts. insane. Yeah. It um. No, there's a point. To, I, don't know. I was. I so, wore. I wore my Danners. Like my Danners. Oh, yeah. My Danners are dried out. I love my Danner boots more than anything. I really like them. They're an old pair that was actually made in America, and I really love those. I've had them resold twice, and they're looking a little ashy, man. They're looking. They're looking a little off. I need. They need a little life back in their life, and so I wore them for fluid film. And I mean, they, to this morning, I caught a look at them this morning and they were like, oh yeah, <laughs> all the cracks had grown and expanded and closed up. The finish on them looked great again. I was like, man, you guys are ready for church. The, be- the yeah. best part of that shit though, driving to Phil's house, I'm in my truck, yeah. my, my dead guy's truck. <laughs> I'm hitting bumps and stuff. And it's like, <laughs> and then we shot two and a half power gallons of two and a half gallons on, on I'm one vehicle. And it's like, <laughs> no squeaks, no rattles, not anything, man. <laughs> it's awesome. It was loose as a goose. Oh my god! <laughs> the open, the open, uh, the tie, the tie rods in the front with no actual rubber left on. Them. We're like, oh yeah. yeah. And yeah, we do. I mean, I go crazy with it. So like, you get CV joints under the vehicle and stuff. So I'll spin the tires and make sure to just slather this shit on. I mean, I just put it on everything. It's like hot sauce, and I love it so much. But what's really crazy, though, is when you're driving home, you know, it's all hitting your exhaust because I coat the exhaust <laughs> like mad because I think, you know, one of the worst things under your car to, to have corrode and fall off is the exhaust system. Yeah. But more importantly, if you're a guy who does your own work, the worst thing in the world is dry nuts, right? So when you've got rusty dry nuts, nobody's having any fun. But you, you keep the fucking fluid film on those things and an exhaust system that's 12 years old yeah. Looks like new. Yeah, it was crazy. And like even the exposed metal parts that sh- are designed to rust and fall off, so you have to buy a new catalytic converter. Nah. And then when the little assholes are into your car trying to steal your catalytic converter, they slide right off. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's yeah. perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so, so good. So the parts of England that I'm from, we actually have the same situation where we, under under Cheshire they've got salt mines. The Romans started off apparently, yeah. and it's all excavated. There are big trucks that live under there full time. And they spread salt all over the roads because it gets below freezing at night yeah. most of the winter. But it's not really, really cold. Mm. And the amount of salt they put down isn't that much. 
And in recent times, with advances in rust proofing and metal treatments and stuff, mm -hmm. cars don't rust in England anymore. Well, I remember they used to rot like hell, and modern cars don't rust away. Cars die now because they're not worth fixing because the electronic <laughs> gizmos in them right. cost yeah. more than the car's worth. So then moving here and then discovering that actually we still have a problem with cars rusting was quite a shock to the system. It's, and it is not a small it's problem. Like, but, it's yeah. many, many <laughs> levels up. But the funny part is, like I, I was telling, I think I was telling Phil this yesterday, um, the guys at, at Summit, they have like a whole team that like analyze. So I was asking them, I'm like, what the fuck's with trucks? Like they're still rusting out like in 2022 and stuff. Like, why don't they do something and fix it? And he was like, well, the places that rust are like Ohio. Yeah. And like one, like it's the, for the car companies, it's not worth it. There's literally two cities in the United States that are dumb enough to use the stuff that we're using on the roads. So they're not going to adjust the whole manufacturing process to make sure our cars don't rust in these two places. Toyota did a massive, I mean, massive multi-billion dollar recall yeah. for frames that were rusting out and the cars were cracking in half. Yep. Try, I mean, I had that happen, you know, and hilariously had it happen more than once. But Toyota did a recall and it was one of these hilarious recalls where they were like, in these states and they specifically said these states so if you had a pickup truck that was doing its impression of an a-frame <laughs> but you weren't in ohio Fuck off. tough right better <laughs> better move to ohio or sell the truck to somebody in ohio, in ohio yeah, yeah. but that toyota frame recall when a company the size of toyota says we put a we put a rust resistant coating on our frames but it couldn't handle Your the shit. way you guys play with salt it is ridiculous in well, our and, state. And yeah. I think we've even had it worse because they weren't even using salt. The city of, city of Cleveland just got sued last year, and I think they lost. Their they radioactive? Using, yeah, the yeah, fracking. Fracking fluid. <laughs> so it literally, it was, they were <laughs> radiating our streets with salt and, and corrosive material. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, uh, there you go. So yeah. that's yeah, that's that's Brilliant. the game. And you don't really want that on your motorcycle. When you're riding your motorcycle and the car in front of you is kicking up spray, you really don't want to have radioactive fracking fluid right. flying onto you. <laughs> so in England, people ride bikes all year round. They don't, it's not like right. here where we winter on. They, they just ride them all year round. And bikes rust a lot. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting, different bikes stand up to it better than others. <laughs> Suzuki's are really bad. They're they terrible. They rust like hell. <laughs> uh, really, really bad. Hondas are pretty good. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Um, I think that's always the test when you're looking, when you're, you, when you're kind of talking to somebody from the UK who's, you know, who's saying, oh, you know, I've had one or two of those, but they rot. They rot real bad. Yeah. And we're sitting here going, "Well, really?" Because I've got six or seven of those in my garage, um, and they they look great. There's no problem. The chrome looks good. Yeah. How old are they? Is they 21, 23, 24 years old? Yeah. How many miles are on it? Well, five, six thousand. Wow. And he's like, "Yeah, that's like three months." Yeah. <laughs> so well, that's like, what. I, yeah, when I was, when you drive your bike 328 days out of the year. Yeah. 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 Well, I remember when I first found out about ACF 50, and I was like super pumped because <laughs> yeah. like you spray it on your bike for yeah. the winter, and in yeah. the spring you go, and the bike's perfect, you know. Yep. So I was on this forum. This guy's like, "That shit's crap. It's seven thousand dollars, and it costs it lasts two weeks." Yep. I'm like, "What do you mean it lasts two weeks? Like I had it on my all winter long. I had to spray it off, and it burned off my mufflers. <laughs> and then it was a dude from England. He was like, "No, I sprayed it and drove to work every day in the snow. Right. <laughs> and no, two yeah. weeks later, my shit was corroded. I was like, what? Yeah, that's why they make the product called Corrosion Blocker. <laughs> yeah. Because it's ACF 50. Extra thick. Because I think all the British dispatch drivers and everybody else were like, no, ma'am. 
It's yeah. really got to stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but that's the wax wool shit. So the wax wool shit is is definitely the, the game. The product when I was fooling with cars years ago in England was called Wax Oil. That wax was, oil. The, was the yeah. brand. I guess it's yep. a similar sort of Same thing. Same similar game. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's Wax Oil is funny because it's not 100% lanolin. No. Okay. It's a unique hybrid of a petroleum product and a farming product. It is both put together. Okay. So it's, I don't know if it's correct to call wax oil oily wax or waxy oil. But it is that sort of cosmoline type finish when it's done. Mm. And you can buy it here. I've got cans of it at my house. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely pur- purchasable. Um, the reason I don't like it and I've used it is <clears throat> lamb's wool lanolin will always be lanolin, right? So the worst <laughs> at the end of the worst day, if you really just want to get it off your fucking vehicle, hot soapy water and it comes off, right? It really isn't hard to take it away. Wax oil, on the other hand, well... It's definitely a petroleum product, <laughs> and, and it, it, it does stay on, and it, it does a hell of a job. It gets up there, and it goes in the cracks and crevices and stuff, but it definitely has petroleum in it. My brother yeah. Dave was telling me about chicken grease in Pennsylvania, Yeah, where they're taking fryer oil, and they yep. add some stuff to it, yep. and they blast it. I guess two coats, and you're guaranteed lifetime guarantee. First coat, then you come back a year later and oh, do really? a second coat, and they're like, after that, no problem. Oh, chicken grease. Yeah. And I thought the car smelled bad, smelling like sheep every time I came to a red light. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You pull up to a red light and stop, and you realize the air's moving over your car and everything else, but you got the heater going. When you stop, oh, the comes. heater stops drawing air from your stationary area where you're sitting, which is now burning off of all your expensive high, you know, high temperature components under the vehicle. My wife called today and she's like, Oh my God. She goes, I want to thank you so much for fluid filming my car last night. That was great. But we learned a trick a few years ago. We used to like go to a lot of trouble, like cover up the windows and stuff. The first year I was like, let's be smart. Let's just Rain roll X. the windows down. Oh, no. Oh, so we'll no, roll the windows no. down. Nope. Don't ever do that. That was a big mistake. And so then it was like, inside the door roll the windows here. up, roll the windows up and then do the car. And we put like towels and paper over the windows. Useless means nothing. Just fucking do the job and then get some decent you know, real high pH content window cleaner because your windows needed cleaned anyways. But the first time you turned your wipers on after your fluid filmed, it is like, it's like the Rain-X commercials when you see the water beating. It's yeah. the same thing yeah. because the, the fluid film has been on your windows. You've, wa- you've washed it off. But it's still kind of there. You kind of just polished it. You just polished it. <laughs> yeah. I noticed that it got real, really nice and clear. And I was like, oh, it oh. looks better than when I was on the way here. I and couldn't. Then I not. used a windshield wiper. Yeah. And it was like. <laughs> I was like, fuck, fuck, I'm man. I'm driving through. It looked like I was a cinematic movie. All the lens flares happening everywhere with every light. And we've got a system. It's so hilarious. I've got an immersion heater that you use for like uh, animal husbandry. And, uh, I was going to say, I think that thing's been places it shouldn't be. Yeah, that's scary, isn't it? Yeah. But it will heat up a five-gallon bucket of this yeah, extremely heavy viscous liquid. It'll heat that up to ooh, 120, 130 degrees faster than you're ready for. And in fact, if you walk away from it for a little too long, you can hear it bubbling and you're yeah. like, oh, shit, you know, I left the pot on the stove. No, but it's super effective. And like, I'm actually going to take that because they were yeah. talking. We had a, as I bought the fluid film, the guy's like, we need to do a video about fluid yeah. film, whatever. And so I'm going to bring that up. Because, come over to my house. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. like the thing is, is that the guys are saying that most of the customer complaints and stuff are the fact that they're having a hard time spraying it and they got to do all this stuff. Yeah. But I don't, I wonder how many people have ever, because like they say, like, try to heat it. So guys are putting like, you know heaters next to the jug or something but that's brilliant man the, yeah that, man that works really I'm, well. i mean 
just simple stuff, guys. An immersion heater, one that looks like a penis. Those, those work better. Um, the immersion heater costs $30. And it comes with its own little fancy little uh, you know LCD uh, thing. Mm. But when you got to heat up fluid film... You drop that thing into the five-gallon bucket and game on. Yeah, and that stuff so shoots so good. Even It was 55 degrees last night. Um, speaking of which, I'm going down to the 500th episode of Liza's podcast, yep. Misfits, this weekend. I'm leaving tomorrow afternoon. My man was going to go with me, Oscar. But instead, he decided he's just going to go straight to Tijuana. Mm-hmm. I thought it'd be funny if he took a side trip. <laughs> That's but, a long side trip <laughs> <laughs> from San Diego to uh, from San Diego to Santa Cruz, yeah, right? Yeah. Just on the way. That's all. That's, that would be it. But well, then I found out, but not that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I found out I was doing some uh, investigative journalism, and I discovered that um, Santa Cruz, California, mm-hmm. Bay Area, not too shabby. Um, you guys remember yesterday? It was about 55 here? Yeah. 56? Yeah. yeah. Um, today, they're high, 54. <laughs> they're low, 35. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Friday, high, 54. Low, 35. Saturday, high, 52. Low, 40. But it's raining. That's nice. And then Sunday, 53 and low, 40. But it's raining. I'm actually going to Santa Cruz to have weather that's worse than the weather I'm leaving here up until today, up until today. Yeah. So it's like I'm thinking about, you know, going and, you know, I don't want to carry a bunch of bags with me on the airplanes because they're so funny about that these days, charging you money and whatnot for a bag. So I'm like, I'm literally thinking about what can I wear to do the whole trip with what I'm holding, like in my hands or on my back and still take my motorcycle helmet and stuff because Liza's going to loan me a bike while I'm there. But it's that one of the things you're like, okay, well, you're going to be going on a motorcycle adventure for four or five days. Great. What do you take? Well, I take this, 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 and that. Okay. That's great. Um, it's going to be 35 at night. Oh, shit. You have to completely change the way you do everything. There's no, you know, we're going to go out and ride around all day at 48 degrees. That takes certain level of gear. So there, there will be charcoal heater packs in my future. Yep. That's going to happen. That's going to be a thing. I never thought I would go to California and be riding in temperatures colder than I've chosen to ride anywhere here this year. This year, I've been a baby about it. I've been like, oh, it's going to be down to 50 tonight. No, I'm not going to ride. No, no way. I'll take the car. We lost him. Lost him both. Oh, there he goes. There he goes. So, anybody got anything else? Got us a joke, Smith? I don't know how you feel about this Oscar, but we were talking about this might be your last podcast. And one In of the guys person, was, maybe, for a minute. One yeah. of the guys was like, well, you should tell some Mexican jokes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no so, bueno. <laughs> <laughs> I won't tell the one, because I... I let me see if I can remember. I did... I, um, Oh, did you print it out? Two Mexicans playing basketball. What do you call that? I don't know. No idea. Juan on Juan. Uh, <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good one. That's pretty yeah, safe. That's, that's yeah, pretty yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the other one was uh, <laughs> shit. Better than that. I have a piece of paper. I, had a, I wrote it on a piece of paper, but I may have lost it. Let's see. What is that? Oh, 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 we got it here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Post it, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, oh. Why, why did the Mexican take antidepressants? 
No idea. To help with Hispanic attacks. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> nice. nice. I've got a. Oh I my a, God. I have, an, a, I have an Australian joke for you. If you'll oh, oh, okay. okay. indulge yeah. me for a few minutes. So, um, Saturday morning, family phone in radio show on the Australian Broadcasting Commission. So, uh, the guy starts up. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Today, we're going to continue celebrating our great Aussie culture. And today, what we'd like you to do is to phone in with some great ripper Aussie words. So, if anybody's got some real bonds of words they can think of that are unique to Australia, we'd love to hear them. So a few minutes later, he says, yeah, we've got our first caller come in on line one. Yeah, who we got there, mate? What do you got for us? <laughs> yeah, mate, i got a word for you. My word is gurn. Gurn? Mate, that sounds like a ripper word, he says. Now, help us, the families at home, to understand, how would we use the word gurn? Well, mate, I'd use it along the lines of, gurn fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Click. Tell me, sorry, ladies and gentlemen, that's not the kind of language that we uh, that we support here on the BBC on the ABC. I do apologise. Anyway, we're going to go to some music and then we'll carry on with this family show. If anyone has any clean words, please be thinking to phone them in. So the show goes on and they get a few more words in, and then a bit later on, another guy come, comes on. And goes, yeah, we've got a caller here on line six. Uh, who have we got there, mate? Uh, yeah, uh, I've got the word uh, smee. Smee. Well, that smee sounds like a pretty good Aussie word. He says, uh, tell us, uh, how would you use the word smee? Yeah, mate, I'd use it along the lines of smee again. Good, fuck yourself. (laughs) 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 And now, my friends, remember to ride fast and take chances. (laughs) 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 (laughs)